Hey, what's up? It's Chet. That's how I answer the phone. Hey, what's up? Welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society Podcast. Today is episode 132, I believe. And I interviewed Dan Quintana. Now, Dan is an excellent painter and illustrator. And we kind of started showing together around the same time. And we get into that on the podcast. In fact, the first time I had a show at Copro Gallery, it was with Dan and Pooch, Mike Pucciarelli. That was a cool show. It's called New Blood. <clears throat> so anyway, we go way back. So it was uh, good to catch up with him and actually learn about him. Like I've been learning about so many artists I interview on here that, that I feel like I know that I don't actually know that well. So uh, I enjoy that. I enjoy that aspect of the podcast. Getting to know my brethren. Uh, okay, so let's see. Well, this 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 is Sunday night right now. My my weekend was. I had you know. Here's what happens on the weekends for me. I work Monday through Friday, doing mostly shipping emails, printing out labels and all that stuff from my, my online business. And I have a, a friend of ours who's, who comes and helps do shipping and packing and stuff in the morning. So I kind of have to be up and ready for her to come and help. So I can't, you know, switch it up and just work on paintings in the morning because I kind of have to be there and help her and set her up and all that so i usually use the weekends to catch up on artwork and painting i have to do uh, weekends and evenings but this weekend so this weekend i was like okay i got all weekend nothing scheduled and um so i'm gonna catch up on a bunch of commission stuff but then saturday my granddaughters came over and they're a handful and then Dos Diablos hit me up and said him and his girl Karina were going to be in LA and they wanted to stop by and say hello. So I thought, you know, why not go have some Zello? So basically, my plans for catching up with a bunch of artwork stuff were thwarted by circumstances. But the funny thing is, I was, I, you know, I, I rolled, I did an e, a couple I Ching rolls. I pulled a tarot card and all these things kept telling me, but uh, it was kind of uncanny. All these things were telling me you have to just slow down and relax. Uh, anything you try and get ahead on right now is just going to go nowhere. The universe is telling you to just chill out. And sometimes you have to just kind of wait. And you'll be better off if you wait and just relax. So I kind of took the clue that was the clues that were given to me. And I thought, okay, instead of trying to, you know, get away from my granddaughters and try and get some work in or just cut my meeting with Dos Diablos and his girlfriend short, 
to try and get some work done, I was like, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to take this advice. <clears throat> I was feeling it intuitively as well. I'm just going to take this advice and just not stress about work this weekend. And here it is Sunday night and I feel so much better. I feel like tomorrow I'll be, I, I will have gotten um, rest and good human interaction this weekend, seeing good friends and my family spending time with my family. So I don't know why I'm saying this, but that's what happened this weekend. And I feel good about it. So, um, you know, I, I think that's part intuition is, is not just having feelings, but intuition is seeing, seeing signs all around you in circumstances and things that come up. And, um, you know, it's, it's everything. It's, it's divination, teaching tarot. It's looking around and seeing if, if things feel like they're being messages, feel like they're being told to you, uh, with, within just reality and, and also intuitive feelings. But I think intu intuition kind of encompasses all of that. And if you can connect with that, your life becomes easier. So anyway, there's, I know there's a fine line between being insane and um, thinking that everything in the world is talking to you and being intuitive, but I think it's worth trying to, trying to find out where that line is and, and utilize that in, inherent thing we have within ourselves. It's a gift, intuition, I believe. And it just, you know, makes your life work better. Okay, so as far as new subscribers, there are no new subscribers this week, which kind of sucks, but that's all right. If you want to be a subscriber, it's really easy to do. It supports the podcast. Oh, my dog just came in. What's up, doc? Um, he's trying to get me to take him for a walk. Go lay down. Go on. Uh, if you want to be a subscriber, it would be greatly appreciated, not only by me, but by the whole dark art community. And if you're listening to this, you probably are, are a member yourself. And uh, you can do it for as little as a dollar a month and just go to patreon.com slash dark art society. And it's easy to do. You can just do it for a dollar. And then if you don't like it or you, or you get out of dark art, or you don't want to support anymore, you can just cancel it. Or you could pause it. It's really easy to do. And the, and the Patreon account is free. And it supports the podcast. So there's my pitch. Also, I've got my own personal Patreon. Patreon.com slash Chetzar. And I'm, I've am i just got a new lighting set up. So all my time lapses are going to... I'm going to start using this DSLR for all my time lapses. I'm going to start live streaming painting. I'm going to start doing like paint-alongs. To where we're all painting together and I'll be streaming it. We could ask questions and talk. It's going to be awesome. So that's patreon.com slash Chetzar. And I'm still doing this free pin giveaway on there as well. If you join at any level, you get a free glow in the dark gas mask pin. It's a pretty great deal. All I ask is that you sign up. I got a bunch of really good tutorials. There's a lot to, I offer a lot of value for 
what you pay for it. So join me over there because it's great. It is the future for artists to get paid by directly by their fans and supporters. Okay. Let's get on with. Uh, wait a minute. Fuck. Shit. I might not be recording. God damn it. Oh, it is. I was close. I lost it. Okay. That's a good thing. I don't want to do that all over again. All right. Let's get to the five questions and then we'll get to the interview. Let's see here. Uh, can you hear that water running? Hold on, I gotta shut the door. So professional. All right. Okay, five questions. I'm gonna answer them. Like usual, I have not pre screened these. Um, so I gotta pick a good one. Okay, I'll start off with Michael Costello. If art didn't pan out, what would you be doing now? I would probably still be in the makeup effects business if the art didn't pan out. I, I had that as a security blanket when I left to do fine art. I always knew I could, I could go back to that if I needed to. Now, if I never, if none of it worked out, like I never got, even got into makeup effects, I have no idea what I'd be doing. But I, I think working with animals i would like to do in some way like i don't know like those people that rescue stray dogs or something helping out animal shelters that would be great okay ryan singer what is your favorite monster how can you pick a favorite monster but having said that i will pick a favorite monster my favorite monster is a zombie I know, you know, a lot of people because of Walking Dead are probably not into that. Didn't I answer this question before? I don't think so. But I've been a zombie fan since the 70s. So Walking Dead was just the fulfillment of my own dreams when I was a kid. You know, I used to, I used to think back in the 80s, I saw Dawn of the Dead. I saw Night of the Living Dead when I was a little kid, the old black and white one. Then I saw Dawn of the Dead in the late 70s when it came out. And then in the 80s, cable TV came out. Even in the late 70s, I think, there was select TV and on TV. And then HBO came out in the early days of that. And I remember thinking, oh, it'd be so amazing to have a zombie, like an R-rated, hard R-rated zombie weekly TV show. And there would be, you know, uh, amazing zombie gory deaths every week as like a, one of the things you tune in for. And it basically happened. You know, how many years later? 30, 40? Uh, so that was kind of cool. I just was bummed that I didn't get to be a part of it. Okay. Okay, Michael R. Miller. Is there a monster or horror movie that you dislike so much you would turn down a commission? Well, it depends how desperate I was financially, I imagine. Sad to say that. 
I've turned down. I've you know I've never been a Friday Friday the Thirteenth fan. I'll, I'll say that. Uh, I I was a Halloween guy. To me, there was Halloween, and then Friday the Thirteenth came came along, and it was a complete ripoff of Halloween. It was a a holiday, kind of like a, a dark holiday, like Halloween. It had a killer. It was a ripoff. It was a ripoff of Halloween, and a bad ripoff because Halloween is great and suspenseful and creepy and friday the 13th is more like just gore stuff so while i can now appreciate it for what it is you know an 80s kind of 80s classic slasher film i was never a huge slasher guy but halloween seemed a little different to me because the slasher had this kind of supernatural element to it like he kept getting killed and he kept coming back to life and he was very mysterious with that mask and everything that's just a great classic film. So anyway, I think I've turned down offers to do a, like a Jason mask. It's just, it's not, I'm just not really that into it. Now, if I really needed the money, I would probably would do it because it's not that bad. I mean, and it'd be easy really. And I do have a greater appreciate appreciation for it now that I'm all grown up and old. I can appreciate things that I didn't like. I, I, when I was like a snobby little fuck when I was a kid, when it came to music and movies, I was very like a purist about certain things. And, you know, the older you get, the more you just kind of go, yeah, it's all good. Okay. So I think that was, that was three. Now, number four. Oh, shit. Oh, there was another part to this. Um, Question. I actually did read this question and think about this. I recently turned down a commission because some someone asked me, someone said they were they were going to do they were they had some witch doing some ancient ritual to call upon demons to see the true form of a demon. And it sounded like, you know, whether uh, it might have been bullshit, but it's this person seems serious. And I turned it down because I think that, you know, you can, you can attach yourself to energy like that and it could be a bad thing. So I, did, I just didn't feel right about it. So I did turn that down. That would have been good money too. Okay. Let's see. Two more good ones. Um, Josh G from the one of the most popular episodes on the podcast. What number is it? Now I have to say the Josh G episode, the Creep Machine episode, the episode about how to get ahead on Instagram. Episode 110. Josh G and he helps out. Josh G is an excellent member of the dark art community. He's one of these guys that does not look for accolades. He just wants to help. He's really an incredible person. He's helping with the, the podcast and uh, not the podcast, the website. And uh, he's awesome. So he asked, what made you go meat free? And I'm sure all the meat eaters are going to hate hearing this story because people get annoyed when they when you talk about your meat-free stories. But somebody asked, so I'm going to say it. I've said this. I've, I'm sure I've told this story in the podcast before, but 
I was about 17 or 18. I'd been, I read the book Diet for a New America, which is a good book if you're thinking about stopping eating meat. And, you know, because for so, for, for so long, I just felt this cognitive dissonance in my, uh, in my mind, in my brain. Um, dissonance dissonance cognitive dissonance you know i had these these two opposing opinions in my head on one hand i was a always been a really big animal lover you know i I could relate to animals better than i could relate to people and i felt just strongly for them and a lot of compassion for them on the other hand i was the biggest meat eater there was i grew up in the 70s and it was all about cheap lunch meat and bologna and hot dogs and that's and i was not a vegetable person so it was it was a big conflict within me and the more i learned about factory farming and how horrible that is the the less i I felt so much guilt about eating these animals so i had this acid trip this is around the time i first took acid and um, i had this acid trip and i came down from it it was in the it was in the philosophical stage i was with a friend of mine and we wound up in a grocery store walking around being all philosophical about the world if you've tripped you you know what i'm talking about and we i wound up in front of the meat section and there was a huge mural like a photographic mural of meat up on up above the meat section of the grocery store and I, I was working on the blob at the time, and so we were using a lot of rep, photo reference of cadavers, like real cadavers, to to refer to to create these blob victims. I worked on the blob victim side. The shop was divided into the blob and the blob victim side. Two different shops working in one big shop, and they sometimes crossed over. And I worked on some of the blob stuff, and they kind of worked on some of the victim stuff time to time. Anyway. I just looked at this big mural of meat and I was like, this looks indistinguishable from these autopsy photos and cadaver, human cadaver photos I've been referencing for the past few weeks. And it just hit me. That was just too gross for me. And and that was kind of the, that was the, the straw that broke the camel's back for me. And so I quit that day and I never went back. Although I do eat fish on occasion. I went hardcore vegan for like 10 years and, or maybe not that long. Uh, I went all meatless and I was vegetarian. And then I went vegan for a while. It was nothing. And now I'm like basically pescatarian, but mostly vegan. I eat cheese on occasion. I don't do milk. And um, I don't do any meat other than, I don't know, sushi once in a while or something. I figure at least fish are roaming free until they until they get killed. Although I don't do it much. And uh, uh, yeah, just the, it's so it's basically the, the, the factory farming situation. It's so brutal. Um, uh, I, I just can't deal with this it. so wrong. This will lead me into this other question I saw here. All right, I have to cross these off as I go or I'll never be able to keep track. Okay, number five, Jimmy Cantu. Name the one thing that disturbs you the most and why? And then he put a black heart. 
you know, the thing that disturbs me, there's so many things to be disturbed about in this world. Um, the way people treat each other, the, how the life is so cheap in some instances. People treat, you know, people just abusing each other, murder and war. But since we're on the meat topic, I'm going to go with the way animals are treated in the uh, in the meat industry. That disturbs me. It's one of the most disturbing things to me because I have my dogs and I've always had cats and dogs growing up. And, and you know, if you have a pet dog, you know, they, they, they are feeling things just like you do. They feel it. They don't have the cognitive ability to reason like you do, but they, I think they feel as much as we do and only makes sense. They would feel physical pain and stuff as much as we do. So, you know, I just see, I see a veal in a crate and I just think it's like a, a kid in a crate, you know, especially cause dogs are like, they, they say a smart dog has the mentality of a three-year-old. Uh, I just don't, you know, I don't, I don't think the pain is any less for an animal. So that really, really bothers me. It's to me, it's like, a, it's a fucking, uh, travesty. It's, I think that, you know, if, if, if the world doesn't completely blow up, we're going to look back on the way we treated animals and it's going to be like the way we look back on the way slaves were treated and human sacrifices in old ancient religions. And it's, it's just going to be like, oh, I can't believe they did that. How could they do that? And we're doing it all the time. So I find that really disturbing and fucked up. So on that cheery note, that ends the five questions. Hopefully that didn't annoy people too much. I don't do a lot of proselytizing on here, so. Um, okay. You got to cut me a little slack. For someone who doesn't eat meat, I don't talk about it that much. So I'm not that annoying. Uh, so let's get on with it. Um. Dan Quintana, episode 132. It's a nice long interview. And we talk about all kinds of interesting things and our early careers and all kinds of stuff. So I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, Dan? Hey, how's it going? Thank you for taking the time and coming on the show you've been on my list for forever i'm happy to happy to do this man i'm it's actually uh quite thrilling to you know i was thinking about it right now and i'm like we actually haven't like really had a conversation much longer than like <laughs> 10 15 minutes i know for for maybe some years and i've known you for years like I, you know whether, whether i'm by you know just looking online and just seeing your you know, where you're at or what you're doing. And, you know, I'll pop up once in a while at some of the, uh, exhibits and yeah, like a quick, hey? that's how, it, that's how it is for so many of the artists on here. It's funny. It's like, I get to know them. Like, I feel like I've known them all these years, 
Uh, yeah, I get, I get to know them through the through the interview because I, you know, there's we see each other all the time at shows. Yeah, we've shown together, but it's not like at a show you ever really get to have quality time talk. It's I don't think people. the uh, yeah the the proper I, I don't think the uh, the 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 proper title of this would probably be like uh, interview uh, because yeah. you know <laughs> you being a host, me being the uh, or the interviewee, it's more of a uh, we're just like mutually like you know catching up yeah exactly but that's cool people people are interested in that yeah and I, and I get to you know it's like i i ask questions i'm interested in uh knowing the we, answers we to have it, a lot know? to cover man it's been i know it's been too long like I, I think there's there's just way too much to to just go through i can't even imagine what you've been through for the last you know the last time we've actually had a show together which like a solid show together you know like maybe two three people well that, that type of thing that that's been at least like over 50 10 10 years well so. the, the first i think the first like big show i ever had was with you me you and who are the other two it was the new blood show at copro you you titled it new blood um you had told me that you titled it new blood last minute because it was literally my first show and I was coming in and you said, Oh, some new blood. <laughs> That's what you had said when I had shown up. It could have been a coincidence as well. No, no, like, it was, what? it was like, I think who else was in the show though? Was that, was, that was, that was, uh, there was Michael, it Pooch. might've been Mark Garrow and Pooch. Pooch. It was definitely Pooch. Pooch was in it for sure. I can't, you know, not remember that uh, nickname there, Pooch. And he's like a tattoo artist at like somewhere out in the East Coast, I believe. Yeah, um, I haven't seen him really in a great, second. Great painter. Yeah, yeah. I loved his like his work as well. Yeah, um, but that man, you were like a kid back. Then. I was a how literally a, like I believe under twenty one. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I remember this because uh, there was like some sort of thing afterwards. And I was like with my brother's like ID, just like sneaking in somewhere. I forget <laughs> where I had to like where it was like, you know, it's California mandatory to show that, that ID. But like it was definitely right under 21. And I recall I was still working with uh, West Coast Customs doing like the Pit My Ride show on MTV. Oh, really? Yeah, I was doing I was doing that at like what were you right doing? Off of high school. What were you doing? I ended up doing all their uh, graffiti and oh wow yeah a lot of their uh, t-shirt designs and all that stuff myself and uh, a, a really uh, talented artist a uh, friend of mine uh, that goes by Touche Chris um, which we were all part of the same graffiti crews as a uh, Crayola mm -hmm. like we were all together just kind of uh, just and there's and there's a ton of like uh, talented people in that in that crew you know so but but you know we were both basically doing the the show out and i'm not sure if it was still in inglewood or out or we had just moved it out to corona mm -hmm. um but that was that was a wild a thing too because uh you know you can imagine this kid just going wild with these vehicles and filming left and right and just like not really you know no obligations really just going bananas. So right. <laughs> that was like, and I'm, and I, and I think back and I'm just like, man, I can't even imagine if like social media was hitting as hard back then because you know, there's these moments where they were like just surreal, like weird, weird, surreal moments where you're just sitting there in some like, you know, show vehicle and we're just driving it down. Like after some, like, you know, SEMA show or something in Vegas. And it's like, 
you know, basically what with these uh, so-called like you know influencers influencers nowadays would just be posting up left and right, and it's right. just like man, like I. And, but I'm I'm a very I'm very uh, glad that this that you know I dodged that that as well. But yeah. that was the first show. So once I pulled up, it was literally after West Coast Customs. I recall this because Chris came up and he goes, "Man, you just sold everything in there," and he was like we're catching a flight tonight and leaving. And I was like, we just like, we're super thrilled. Like, like, like it was his deal too. And I'm just like, yeah, man, we're going to go and party it up, I guess. But, <laughs> yeah. I but, just, I just looked it up. It, it was me, you and Pooch were the new blood show. And then Keith Wiesner and Morgan oh. Slade had another show in the other gallery. So that's, it was a three person show. I always thought Morgan was, Slade. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. That's Morgan. Yeah. That's, that's uh, Liz's. Uh, right. Still, you know, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's so that's weird. really cool. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So technically, oh, you know, that's crazy because 2005. You know, <laughs> 2005. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. 2005. Crazy. And you know what? This is why I was uh, just saying that there's just so much to cover. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's been, I mean, that was like, it's been nonstop since 2005. Yeah, I on know. your end as well. Because I, I kind of see that. But you can imagine every weekend from 2005 till now. It's kind of mind-boggling, right? Yeah, right. It's a yeah. lot of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, man, I can't. There's like this one moment. Um, I'm not sure what you had posted online or some. You know, it might have been like your your one of your biggest shows out there at Copro. Um, some sort of solo or even at Bar- maybe Barnsdale. I'm not sure. Oh yeah. Barnes. I did a, the ego death show. It was a huge show. And, uh, I, I just recall that you were constantly at work at like, it, you were doing like, you're pulling the all nighters and yeah, that's terrible. And on my end, I'm like, you know, at that time I'm like late, late twenties, early thirties. And the all nighters were, were a thing where I'm like, I, I, I can't see myself doing this another 10 years. And, <laughs> And, you know, you were there just doing it. And I'm like, oh, that's got to be killing him. Like, oh, yeah. I, know it. I didn't like, even start painting until I was 33. So, I mean, I was doing all that shit in my 40s, you know. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, Liz had mentioned something about that with the uh, uh, the early copper shows with the dollhouse. Yeah, yeah. That was the first time I ever showed. Is that, at that, that was the show. first time I've ever stepped into copper. Oh, yeah. That was back when it was in Venice, right? Yeah. Yeah, or Col- yeah. yeah, like, like Culver, Culver City, City yeah, yeah. borderline there. Yeah. 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 I definitely rolled up there with like, uh, oh God, can you believe like with actual, like, like printed out photos from like <laughs> see it's Walmarts or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know what, like I came, like that was my portfolio, like yeah. coming up there with like, you know, that's so like, I had a flip phone maybe and I was just like, <laughs> check out my work yeah. and it's like, you know, Greg Escalante, like yeah. he's just sitting there. You know what's trippy is is to to look at all the artists that are still kind of in the game, and then the ones that that completely went away. Because there's yeah. a bunch of artists we used to show with that just I don't know where they are. I've never haven't heard of, from them since. You know, and then there's people that are still fucking grinding it out. You know, fifteen years. Yes. Later. Um. I mean, I I believe that's a thing that definitely has to do with multiple media so mm-hmm. within the artist um and that's how you're going to I, I i believe so like uh survive 
as as far as full time, like truly full time artists go, mm-hmm. um, which I've been doing for the last since since then, since two thousand five, apparently. Um, right. Actually, I did take off like somewhere around two thousand seven ish or eight nine, uh, where I was still working on on art, but definitely grabbed myself a part time. Um, right, just transitioning from like one place to another, and then. And then I just recall having a solo, like I just sort of just grinded like during that and then had that solo. And I was just like, what am I even doing with this part time? But it's great to just, you know, step back in. And then once I hit off of that solo and just did my thing afterwards, it's, it's just nonstop. So I, I, was, again, I was still working f- during the new blood show. I was still in the film business full time. Okay. Yeah. Until about like, I think 2000, I don't know. I, I, whenever land of the lost came out, that was the year I left the business. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) So that was, I don't know, 2009 or 10 or I don't know, something like that. Yeah. And I totally recently got a, a taste of that, you know, with the, uh, well, actually, you know, I mean, technically reality TV is, is still film, um, for MTV, but, but as actual, like full productions, I, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, referring to here, uh, posters and such like that nowadays. Um, and everything just being so fast and I know. Fast-paced and digital. So yeah, that's another world. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy how much everything has changed. I mean, yes. it's like a different world. Okay. Yes. Bef- okay. Before we get into too much reminiscing, I want to know your, <clears throat> your history. Uh, you you know, you, you touched on it a little bit, but w- w- you know, were you drawing from an early age or painting or how did, how did it all start out? An early age? Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, I would say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm born and raised here in LA. So yeah. just like, you know, I was out of uh, Huntington park, which was like, you know, 20 minutes from down, I can see downtown LA from like my school's like second floor, you know? Right. And like, just smack right there. Yeah. So you're in the heart of it. Yeah. Yeah. And in the nineties as well, like, you know, riots happened around like 92 or so. Yeah. Um, but around that time, uh, yeah, my, my pops was like definitely into like all the, uh, like Ray Harryhausen. Oh, really? Stuff. And yeah, definitely. He's oh, like cool. completely cause he's born and raised in LA and just went to all of those, uh, you know, Broadway shows out here to see, He's like son of Kong in the seventies or whatever. And just like all these, these gorgeous films of, you know, Hollywood during the like really nice stop motion mm-hmm. age. And so he would just replay all these to me. So a lot of stuff, you know, I just constantly see is like just all in black and white and just beautiful. Like, you know, maybe some sunset Boulevard and just start saying all of these, uh, just random lines from, you know, old actors and golden age like, <laughs> actors that I'm like, what are you, you know, he just comes down the steps acting like Bella Lugosi and shit. Oh, like, excellent. I would have, it sounds like uh, we, your dad and I would get along. Oh, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, well, that's, 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 you know, primarily where I, I picked up a lot of the, uh, you know, curiosity and just like, wow, wowed by everything. Like, mm-hmm. um, Cause he's showing me at an early age. I mean, you got to think though, this is around like when I'm, when I'm a kid, like in the late eighties and like a real, you know, you small kid, like maybe about seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old. And, and I'm seeing stuff like, you know, you get all this really cool stuff in the eighties, of course, as well. So, you know, we're catching like the first like nightmare on Elm street or mm-hmm. whatever. And all this crazy yeah. stuff, um, which is, which is kind of odd because, uh, well not odd, but it's surprising that and I'm kind of thrilled because, you know, I, I occasionally, 
see that you have some sort of a uh, name on on these uh, titles and <laughs> when i see that i'm just like oh man like so in a way i would say maybe in some way obscured way like possibly influenced by you through <laughs> film right without even knowing you right, know like yeah. seeing something that might have been on you know some grotesque thing that just like was squeezed in between vents Right. And you're like, you're like, okay, like that was, you know, that was probably you in your twenties. And I'm over here, you know, as a kid looking at that and just seeing that like in the eighties, like, okay, this is like, or even the Halloween masks that used to, I think you used to do these like, pro, you know, yeah, classic like Halloween masks, yeah. uh, as far as like the, the molding and prosthetics or whatever, yeah. uh, that would sell out there. That's all that stuff is definitely like a very large influence in, cool. in the work. Yeah, I was I I got in the movie business like the same time I think that you got in the fine art, the same age, I mean, that you got into the art scene and and doing that um the MTV show too cuz I was like 19 or 20 I think when I started working in the movie business. Okay, yeah. But right before that, I would say it's still uh even before the uh you know, Pimp My Right thing on MTV that that I was still for instance, I was in we had moved away from uh, the Huntington Park area, and, and that's when I went out to the South Bay. Mm. And oh, where, in, where in the South Bay? Um, Torrance Redondo. Oh no way! Because I'm from yeah. I'm from San Pedro. That's where I grew up. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I'd cruise down to San Pedro, you know, wow. and just like I, I, you know, hit up like uh, probably like you know, I'm in my teens, so I'm probably like, you know, doing parties or whatever around that time, in um, maybe around like uh mid nineties. Mm-hmm. So. But definitely South Bay. Uh, so you grew up in San Pedro? Yeah. I was okay. born there and I, I lived there until, I mean, I was working on, when I was working on Darkman, I still lived in Pedro. See, I, I, some I, random stuff like that. I never, I didn't even know you worked on Darkman. Yeah, I did that That's makeup. I sculpted crazy. that. And applied That's it and cool, man. Painted That's it. That's really cool. <laughs> I, lived in, I lived in Pedro. No, I lived in Pedro until I was like 18 or so. And then I moved up moved up to Hollywood for a couple of years. Then I got married to my wife and then we moved back to Pedro for some reason. I don't know why, I guess uh-huh. I don't know why we moved there uh-huh. and then stayed there for a couple of years. And then I ended up coming back to, I ended up moving out to Monrovia cause that's where the shop I was working at was located. And I just stayed ever since. Yeah. That's, yeah, what a trip. that's cool. Yeah. That's, that's really cool, man. Um, you know, again, once, uh, the South Bay also had like a large influence on me as far as like, uh, getting into skate. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Once I started skating, like all over, you know, South Bay, like, you know, we're, you know, doing some slight like, uh, graffiti here and there. And, um, I still have LA in me, uh, kind of introducing like, you know, we should go back to, you know, certain spots in LA and hit these spots and Mm -hmm. letting other like people from the South Bay, like, Oh Yeah let's do that. But, you know, one of the earliest things was being in high school and looking at a, uh, a sketchbook from Crayola. And he was maybe about 20, 21, I believe. I, I'm not sure, but, mm-hmm. uh, right out of high school and I'm like in high school and I, I take one of his books and I kind of hold on to it. And he's like, Hey, yeah, something like maybe need my book back. And I go to his home. He invites me over. We don't really, we, I don't, I don't believe we've seen each other really face to face. And I, I go up there with like a friend and he introduces me and he's like with his parents, he has no kids, no tattoos. I believe like, <laughs> we had one tattoo. It was like a the Crayola crayon, uh, iconic, uh, squiggly line thing on his arm. And uh-huh. I was in his room and you know, what's crazy. I wish I still had it. It was a VHS tape I had of 
because I used to just record everything, even in high school, like just on VHS, like these little like handheld cameras. Mm-hmm. And I walk into his room and I interview him as like, a, like I'm like probably like 17 <laughs> and he's like 20, maybe I'm not sure. And he's like and an old, he's like a man to you. He's like, yeah, he's like, I'm like, wow, man, like, I'm just like hanging out, but I, I'm aware of his art. So I, cause you know, I, I've seen some of it out in like Melrose on, on the uh, alleys there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, interviewing him there, I just recall him going, I just got this tattoo, man. It's like his first tattoo. And, and I look at it and I'm just like, and I go, that's a really cool tattoo. And he's like, Shh, keep it down, man. My mom's like, gonna <laughs> and it's just so funny that like, you know, it's been so long afterwards and we're still great friends and everything. And do you still have that interview? No, I wish I had that VHS tape. It was one of those little small VHS tapes and just moving around everywhere. Cause I just lived, you know, out, out and about. So it's, Oh, that's, that would have been a great one. But yeah, that, that, you know, from there, the graffiti thing led to, I believe like the, uh, you know, uh, West coast customs thing. And then from there, uh, being introduced really early to, I almost uh, undermined everything that was going. It was so fast paced that I, I didn't realize I was just being schooled as far as uh, the business aspect of it as well. What, with, do you what do you mean? Well, with like the clientele coming in there, coming in and out of like West Coast, and you know, just certain like ways of like just certain terminology and everything that we're just like, okay, let's let's. Uh, you know, I love that work on the uh, background there. Can we get something maybe possibly for an album cover? Can we do, you know, musicians and stuff like that? And maybe like do some sort of a, something with uh, just uh, creating raps or other like, you know, what like actual like uh, decals and stuff like that. And realizing that I was learning Photoshop immediately, getting crash courses on everything. Mm. And at that time, I was aiming to go into an art school so you know i was looking at things like art center and stuff like that but mm-hmm. i was thrown in that world so fast that there was no chance for me to really just like you know anchor myself down and say okay i'm going to complete some semesters and get going and then get into this art career because i still in my head i'm thinking like wow how cool would it be to do like a heavy metal cover or something at the time mm-hmm. and when thing is, you know, everything is being printed and that's how we're finding out about other artists from around the world. Everything's on print, you know, we're just Mm -hmm. like, I have no idea. And, you know, speaking about everything, just being on print one, one thing that we, I want to say that the guy that actually made me bump my game up as far as uh, art technique goes is Ray Caesar. And the reason why because I didn't know the guy, um, but when I saw his work on a page, I recall the uh, a description of the uh, artwork that was basically saying something about uh, it had nothing about like a uh, multimedia. Right. So in my head, I was thinking like, hold on, is this is this somewhat like painted in oil? And someone's right. like, no, I think that that's a program. Like, and it was like early Pixar, Mia program, I believe, or something. Mm-hmm. And and I'm like, no, I think there's a little bit of like oil maybe in there because you can see this photo obviously in the background where it's like in a frame. And so in my head, I had no understanding that people were like, you know, digitally printing out work and framing them in this like, you know, Victorian style. Um, or broke style, whichever way 
he had it going. And so I go, man, if he's paying this well, I got to up the game up like, <laughs> crazy then, you know? That's and so funny. when I did that, so, and then I saw it in person at Copro, and then I was just like, they're like, no, idiot. It's, a, it's like a program. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, man. I'm like over here stepping it up like insane. That's good, though. So, That's good, though. You know, so, yeah. So works in your, it was always in hard favor. on the crash course and just like jump in there and, and, and you know, it's a great thing and it, and it pushes us. So, yeah. What, so what made you decide to start painting in oils and, and do the fine art thing? I mean, you sa- it sounds like you could have gone a million different directions. Uh, when uh, yes, you know, I when you're definitely could have gone a, a, an insane amount. Of just, just I mean, tattooing as well. That would have been another right. direction. Um, just because there was a, I believe in like '98, I was over in a a shop. It was a uh, record shop over in Linwood uh, called Six Feet Deep, and it was myself and a couple of other uh, graph writers there, and. I'm like a kid, like just like maybe like 19 or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're running this record shop and it's, you know, we, we have all, you know, some art supplies and vinyl and stuff and Crayola paints the place and a couple other guys like NATO and Epic and Mir. Mm-hmm. They, you know, just rock and place out. And there's all these other, uh, you know, maybe some hip hop artists or something just st- kind of step in there. And next door was a tattoo shop. And that was, I believe it was called, uh, I think it was Wicked Tattoo. I'm not sure. And it was, do you know the artist, uh, Pint? No. He did a lot of great, like, one, I think he was using, like, a one needle, like, doing these great, like, just beautiful, like, traditional Los Angeles, like, skulls with these eyes. Mm-hmm. Sort of like the, uh, what's that, the uh, cross crossbones? Uh, oh, right. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Bone, Bones Brigade. Bones, is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, very, but very like, you know, just black and gray LA style. And he, he was like, you know, really great at the time. And he's like, Hey man, do you want to just, do you want to start tattooing? Do you want to pick up, do you want me to like, oh, man. Ahead, <laughs> apprentice? and he's like, I maybe like, an, maybe an icon at the time. I'm not sure. Wow. He's well, no, no, in the tattoo world. And so you've been a rich man by now. <laughs> yeah. So, well, you know, maybe I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> there was, I was bouncing around. So right. he's like, want to start like, you know, Maybe we can teach you a couple of things. There's a couple other guys in there too that were really great. Um, Eric that runs a he runs a shop over like in by LAX now too. That's that's really cool. I recently ran into him, but yeah, you can imagine that would have been like twenty plus years in tattooing. Right. But I I probably uh, it, it's always a full circle. You know what I mean? Because ultimately, at the very end, became great friends with lots of these uh, tattoo artists, yeah. and you know. Yeah. And I love that world as well, but well, yeah. Well, so how did you get into oil? Oil painting. Yeah. That was a sort of trial and error thing. And it was totally because of the just love of, uh, I love starting from difficult to just like, you know, if I'm going into oil painting, if I'm going into art, if I'm going into painting medium. So, you know, I'm not saying that any other medium, I'm not looking down on any other medium as well. You know, there's, lots of uh, detail in, in, in acrylics as well and mm. any other thing. Um, airbrushing as well. I mean, I love like some of my favorite artists are airbrush artists like Eager and mm-hmm. Olivia and and so on. Um, Soriyama. Yeah. But I was like, I need to learn this like technique that's just on like alchemy level of like difficulty. It's just yeah. like wizardry. Like 
<laughs> you know, combinations that I have no idea even really where to begin. So it's like the challenge, so, the challenge of it, really? You wanted to start exactly. at the most difficult thing? and Yeah, I always there, and then I just know that everything's down, like, just easy, right? you know, on the way out. So once I start, you know, some of those paintings that you saw that I actually showed at New Blood with you in, in around 2005 were actually my first oil paintings. Oh, that's they great. Technically, I think, are my first oil paintings. I did, like, they were, like, the group of, like, there was, like, a trial and error, like, maybe about 10 trial and error paintings, mm -hmm. and then it was, like, those. Right, right. right. That's great. That's and amazing. so once that happened, um, you know, I had a, uh, I ended up exhibiting these uh, pieces at like some tattoo shop and they were, I was, I recall selling those exact paintings that were at that show for about $200 for $300 <laughs> yep. and just trying to move them because that was a lot as a kid, like, you know, yeah. I can make three to $400 off of these like five by five foot paintings <laughs> like insane someone got a killer deal oh man well no one no one got a killer deal because they actually uh, oh yeah you know what there's actually a couple of people that um got a really good deal uh <laughs> I, I do recall that it was like under a grand and they're just like yeah huge paintings but you know they went out to like you know a whole lot more yeah. immediately the next couple of months and another artist that I saw, you know, that I was looking at was maybe uh, Shag because he had his first show there mm. somewhere. Well, not his first show, but like one of he had a very solid show around that time. And I had no idea when I was looking at the numbers, I was just like, oh, so this is this is the gallery world. then. OK, let's let's jump into this um, mm. and try it out. Uh, I do recall that I had, do you know? Mm, who was it? Greg Spatz? No. He might have a couple of your pieces. He's a really great collector. He actually was getting tattooed and saw the work in front of him hanging at that tattoo shop. That was up for sale. That went over to Copro because no one bought it, you know? Wow, so yeah. we were just sitting there. And he was like, you know, this needs to be like shown at a gallery. And so he's the one that actually introduced me to gary oh okay. that's and, yeah, that was going to be my next question is how you got how you got hooked up with copro and then i'd say for about a good three weeks i, I recall gary just calling me and was like can you please come over to the gallery and i'm this like child and like i remember i remember specifically i was on a beach cruiser somewhere just like <laughs> having beers and I, I had a flip phone and i answered and it was like gary and he's like Hey man, you want to come over to the, you know this uh, you know, show show a piece for this like group show? It was like it was a show right before what we had, which was the Nostradamus show. Right. Yeah. Or, yeah. or maybe like some, yeah, it was the Nor yeah, it was the Nostradamus show, mm -hmm. which I basically showed the uh, Four Horsemen Apocalypse like a uh, painting. Right. Um, and and I was like, sure, maybe we can test the waters with this piece. And so, you know, I had brought that piece over and. I believe we had sold for like maybe about 7500 at that time mm -hmm. and you know for a kid again uh, like yeah. i'm trying to go to school and learn this like i'm not really trying to jump in there and just be right next to these monster iconic artists all of a sudden i'm like way into like comics and at that time and just wanting to get into the comic industry so bad at the time and 
mm-hmm. wanted to do that, take that route instead, um, which I had no clue and way to like, I was showing my portfolio out like at the Shrine Auditorium to like, right. Yeah. At comic conventions. Yeah. I remember coming to like Todd McFarlane, the guy's like, he has a movie out like spawn. I, rec- I definitely recall, like I showed him a book. It was a comic book I was working on and I wanted him to like, just take a look and, you know, give me some solid critique on it. And he had an assistant that was totally like, okay, great. Move along. Like this little child, like just kind of like, <laughs> and he just signed like right over the book. I, I didn't ask for a signature really? just signed over my art. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, it's like, you know, spawn creator. And he's like, he does that. And I'm like, that's cool and all, man. But I just, I actually wanted to know, like, is, is it great enough for me to maybe, you know, find something in the future. And I had that on VHS tape as well. And that, that, that I lost that tape, but uh, it was like, I, I, it was like a relative that was recording this like scene between me and Todd McFarlane, like critiquing funny. me. And he just totally like, you know, actually tells the, tells his assistant, no, no, no. Like chill for a second. Uh, let me uh, talk to this kid and then really says some words to me and, and then, you know, signs <laughs> and hands it over to me. What, but, what did he say? I can't recall because I'm like a child. I, I that's like over 20 I years know. for sure. Um, he, he definitely said something along like the line. I, re- I definitely recall her. She was like, great, move along, you know, <laughs> this is a massive line. Like, and I'm, and he's just like, no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. And he's like, and, and, you know, he, I, that moment I think is one of the reasons why, um, you know, when anyone comes up, like if I'm ever at some convention or anything like that, like, really wants me to like you know take a look at their work or any critiquing in any way or any of that like i'm always very like supportive and just talkative mm-hmm. about like you know and i'm a little brutal with the critique for sure but you know i'm actually giving you something at least there yeah yeah well you gotta be you know you gotta be honest with people oh yeah i'm i'm, I'm, I'm yeah so did did he get did, was it good advice or was he was he cool i mean do you there's probably some like I'm like really standard, mediocre, like okay. advice, you know, like you can do this mm-hmm. for sure. You know, he probably had so much at, th- at that time. You got to think like, you can't even imagine like letters that were probably sent out because there was no other way of really reaching an artist at the time. Yeah. Right. Just instantly through, yeah. you know, the way we have it. So he's just slipping into some DM or anything and just being like, Hey, what do you think of my work? Or, Hey, you know, I had recently like a guy, um, you know, just saying like, you know, I've been following your work and um, let's do lunch. I'm like, I don't, you know, like, I don't know you, man. Like, yeah. let's do lunch, you know, draw, you know, let's draw some stuff together and do lunch. And I'm like, that's cool and all. I'm not, that's fine. But at the same time, it's like, come yeah. on, you know, like, yeah. Or let me trade you one of my paintings for one of yours. I get that, that sometimes. You know what? I actually haven't had that. I've had that quite a few times. Yeah? Yeah. It's like, I can't afford to just trade. It's like, this is how I make my living. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe. I mean, if I was just sitting there on them, but like, uh, I'm very, you know, fortunate enough to, uh, at the moment, like have nothing in inventory. So that's a really great thing on, on you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I I just keep going though, you know, it's like, and it's not just the oil painting as well. There's, you know, at the moment they're right now, 2019, it's, it's, uh, film posters and yeah, it's, comic industry. And 
I've been seeing you do a lot of film posters. I'm surprised about that because for forever, as long as I've been in the, the um, or when I was in the film industry, even back then they weren't using a lot of, you know, hand oh, rendered, hand rendered like, artwork right now that's going on in Hollywood. I yeah. love it. Yeah. I love this. Like what they're doing They're They're basically, it's like, you know, the people in charge, some of the people in charge that are just, you know, taking over these up old positions are, basically in a position now to say you know being a little more uh uh have some creative freedom in there and say let's yes let's definitely go that route yes people want it people want to see it people don't want to see some dumb photoshop thing of a bunch of actors faces oh no that was definitely a a a 2000 to 2012 ish yeah yeah around there and then at the moment like I would say the beginning of well the beginning of last year, I would say until about now, but right now it's about to hit even much more harder as the uh posters finally coming back into this really nice full circle of the way they were created in the I would say like late seventies, yeah. all throughout the eighties. Just classic traditional work. I mean most of it's really quick and digital, but Right. You know, there are some traditional elements in there as well. And just being a little more risky with it, which I really love. And you can definitely tell when you just, you know, drive down around L.A. and see these billboards and just just see that. And you're just like, OK, like I love the, the new like I saw the Pet Cemetery, like, you know, just black cat just sitting there like massive, just somewhere on sunset. And mm-hmm. I'm like just solid silhouette with these, bl- you know, just bright eyes. And I'm like, OK, that that's a little like gutsy for just, you know, meeting uh creative freedom and commerce where they exactly meet together there. Right. And, and it's just like beautifully done and executed. So I remember, yeah. I remember on, um, when I was working on fantastic four, the, the, see, Fan- there, you can just, I can do, you just name anything. Did you work <laughs> on it? Yeah. Did you work on interview for the vampire the interview with the vampire? No, I didn't. I didn't. Okay. <laughs> That's kind of what reminded me right here. Tell me your story. You're kind of like the Christian Bale of like I'm collective stories. So <laughs> uh, I remember working on fantastic four and we did a, a, a makeup test of a thing and it was just a test. And, and we sent, I, I think the shop sent over pictures. They, they did like a photo, just a, like maybe even our pictures, just like a photo shoot of like a test fitting. It wasn't even finished. And they made like a promo poster from that using these photos and where the hands, I don't know if you, can you see the screen? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where the, where the gloves fit on. Yeah. There was like a gap about that big in between the hands and the the suit. Yeah. Where they they were supposed to butt butt up, they weren't finished. It wasn't, you know, totally together yet. And okay. so, you know, they, they put that on the poster. So there's this, there's somewhere around there out, out in the ethers, there's a poster of fantastic four standing there, like this crappy Photoshop hack job someone put together. And, you know, it's got like seams where the, the, you know, the hand doesn't you know what? Yeah. I actually recall these posters <laughs> and they were arms of each fantastic four member. And I believe it was like, cause they're so like, uh, visibly iconic. Like for instance, the human torch is like fire and right. you have like, you know, um, Mr. Fantastic is like, you know, just is very like stretchy and, you know, invisible woman. Like I can definitely see that must've been the thing. Just like big, like arm just sitting there and they're yeah, just, just a big space. You sure that wasn't a, I, I almost want to say that's a, a deadline, um, call though. Like, it was, but, but it was, it was like, they were, they were, you know, because it's all about marketing with movies nowadays. And yes. so it was like they wanted to get start the marketing. So I don't even know that it was a uh, movie poster. It was like 
a prom- promo one sheet for a magazine or something. Oh yeah, and it just looked so bad. It was so funny, but oh, um, there's, I, I, I want to say that's probably about eighty percent. People can't really tell, but there's that's about eighty percent of the work that just goes out there in, in the in the world. Right. It's just due to deadlines, and you know it. You you probably had something where it's just like, hold on, that yeah, <laughs> isn't stuck quite on there yet, man. That guy's missing something, and like, it's, and it's just like, no, shoot it. It's so, it's it's worse. I got him the movie business like 86 87 and it just got worse and worse and worse with, with <laughs> time frames and yeah. now it's like from what i hear i haven't worked in a shop in a long time but from what i hear it's just like oh do you know so how long fast. it took, it took it, i did the blade runner 2049 steelbook cover mm-hmm. that, that went international like it, it was like yeah, everywhere was like all parts of the world internationally like this steelbook that you would just see in sh- stores everywhere mm-hmm. and they gave that was a 12 like day time frame wow and on top of that uh i i had no real like source material or referencing really because, yeah they were just like just check out the trailer man and i'm like <laughs> what i'm like hold on and they're just like like okay so and they're like you know what i i'm in la why don't i just come down to sony studios and go and check out the film before it comes out into theaters and then i'll just take note and we can go from there and then I can just create it. And, and since we have a day time frame, let me just start now. Like let's right. start tomorrow and just go down to the studios and check that out. They're like, sure. And I just go down there and, uh, they take me into one of their, uh, rooms and, uh, start to film. And it's funny because I, I have no idea who I was with. It wasn't the actual like guy that was putting me on. It was just some random like executive guy that was just with me. And he was just like, I'm like, so we're checking out this film, right? Like, this is not out in theaters yet. And he's like, nope. And then he's like, it's my first time seeing it, too. And I'm like, oh, well, shit, okay. Like, and he's just like, yeah, I worked on this thing. And I'm like, all right. We're both in there, like, just unsure of everything around right. it. Like, there's, like, 40 seats, and it's just us two. And he's, yeah. like, sitting right next to me. And I'm like, man, why didn't you, like, couldn't scoot over? There's a whole row here, man. Like, you're just sitting right next to me. And then, like... <laughs> He's like, he tells the guy, uh, he's like, you know, like, uh, Rick, let's get this, like, uh, let's get, let's get it rolling. Just the two of you out there. He's like on intercom. It's very David Lynchy, all red and black in there. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah. And then as soon as it blacks out, like he just says something, he's like, by the way, this is a three hour, some movie (laughs) length thing. And I'm like, why are we whispering, man? Like, we're not like, And then it just begins and you know, I take note of this and there's no, I got to take visual note. It's no, there's no, I can't take cell phone pics or any of this. So I check out this film and at the end of it all, I'm like, okay, we got to go through this exact, like you guys are real studio now where you have to sit here until literally the last words of the credits and like, Oh God, like I just, I need to go home and like just start working. Like this is, you know, crazy. So once I was in there, yes, I ended up completing that. And that's what I'm talking about. But when it comes to deadlines, because of just revising and when you're working on stuff like that, you have to go through the, uh, uh, what's that like likeness approvals as well with the actors and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. But right. I to do anyone in the front, you know, it's on the actual cover as far as like face goes and right. go with first material and, 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 it, and that all that has to get cleared up. And then once it's cleared up and you have all the specs down, like that steelbook covers, like, I believe, like, if you actually look at the steelbook cover itself, like there's like someone ended up like, like Photoshopping a like liquify over on the left and to extend the, like, uh, the artwork to like, 
<laughs> wrap around it. And I'm like, what are you doing? And just ask me to do forever. it. You should, you know, just ask, have the artist do it. You know, Photoshop. Oh yeah. You oh yeah. No, no, no. It's great. like, you know, it's like graphics guy just sitting there just like somewhere <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. And it's just like, what? I got to go home and watch whatever. So I'm just going to go ahead and liquefy this and just does it. And it's like, great. Oh my God. So I, I have a good, um, a little, little tangent. I have a good screening story. Um, where I went to go see, but right before I was working on Hellboy two, mm-hmm. um, Guillermo got us all together like the effects crew. I love that, by the way. I loved your character in that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I actually have maybe multiple characters in that, but I love the. Uh, I believe it's like Chamberlain. Yeah, the Chamberlain. Yeah, that yeah, was kind of my my main dude. Yeah, thank you. I, I love that. Yeah. Thanks. So he he's like, okay, it was a small group of us at, at, from the effects shop. We're about to work in Hellboy two, so I want you to come and see. Uh, Pan's Labyrinth, which was just coming out at the time, so they took yeah. us down to to a screening room, just like five or six of us. And on my way out, this one guy at the shop goes, "Hey, you want half of this weed cookie?" And I was like, "Okay, I'm not driving or anything. I'm going to be sitting in a movie theater for two hours Why before not? the screening." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like I never do drugs at work or anything like that, but it was seemed like yeah. a good good time to do it because I was just watching a movie, and so. Yeah. By the time I got down to the the um, studio and we were all standing in the lobby and I was so stoned, I oh, was God. so high. And then I went <laughs> and then went in and sat down and watched Pan's Labyrinth, and it was so amazing. It was so good. It was like <laughs> you know wow. what though that is actually was like, great, incredible, like film and to just see why you're is. just like blown on something. You're just like sitting there like. This is awesome. <laughs> it was pretty, so for it was sure. Pretty, no, that's a that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty labyrinth, and I love that film as well. What's yeah. great is like, see, here's the thing: is that you know we show about 2005 ish or whatever, and like uh, Guillermo del Toro has like a uh, uh, a piece of mine, a couple of works of mine as well, like mm-hmm. oil paintings from you know um, just collecting it through Copro, and we recently like maybe it, it might be ongoing this month over in like mexico you and i have work hanging out at oh yeah there yeah yeah you know what i mean it's just like there's these things where you know there's these full circles that just are just they just happen to just go on like because we haven't exhibited to get like besides group shows i haven't been able to do a couple of group shows in some, some some time so right for you and I to like have some pieces just meet up that are outside of like in a different country. As yeah. Well, like, yeah. It's super, it's crazy. Right. Yeah. That's so really cool. cool I love that's it. That's really cool. So, yeah. you know, and that, you know, when I mentioned the artists that kind of have uh, fallen away from the scene, I don't like that word fallen. Well, not fallen, but the, I mean the, the ones I'm talking about, I know I'm not going to name any names, but there was one guy that was really good and really, really involved in the scene. And he just disappeared, and it turned out it was like he had a drug problem, like a, a major well, I drug know problem. A couple of those people, so yeah, I'm not right, yeah, yeah. either. But but my, yeah, my point, but, point, the point I was making is that really more of us have stuck in, stuck with it. I'm surprised at how many of us kind of stuck with it and hung in there and have these, you know, careers now, and didn't you know go off to other things. There's still a lot of people from back in the day doing it and it's so cool especially like you say when meeting up showing together in a show that you don't even realize you're in a show with someone and it goes all over the country and in mexico and canada it's amazing yeah yeah Yeah, i think um 
you know, I mean, it's always a different story with with the artists that we've like uh, just sort of weaved in and out of in this time frame that we've uh, you know created and and I, I definitely uh, that's one thing I definitely dislike is the entire like you know because it's this isn't this is art like this is I mean most of us are are very passionate about this like there mm-hmm. there are maybe like you know a couple that are completely in it for for commerce and just game and it's just like oh no this is this is I, I you know I actually know a couple of guys that took business classes over any art classes and wow. just got into art completely because of that you that's know a, and it, that's a, that seems crazy to me <laughs> you you know a couple of a couple of them show it uh you know they're big names they show a copro and stuff yeah. so you know a couple of them that just took business courses and just like you know did um economics which i'm totally for as well but right. you know you yeah. gotta i'm definitely actually for that as well you you definitely have to have a nice combination and definitely just, uh, absolutely bridge but, it together in there but but, but if, it, if it, the thing is if you're only if you're really primarily interested in the business there are so many better businesses to get into <laughs> it's like actually, art. Yeah, you, you're correct on that but <laughs> but but yeah. is there really i mean you know there is this entire uh you know just a uh, tax uh deal with uh you know through art that's just like a lot of like uh just uh lucrative like just i you guess know, on that high end level it's pretty on know, the high end level yes yeah. um yes that's that case <laughs> and that's like uh you know again it really you know what's crazy too is that i've, I've done a lot of the uh, like i've done several of like blue chip like just you know uh worlds as well like and just kind of mingled in in within in and out and that you know and mm-hmm. it's just like around the world and uh, it's 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 fun to me i i find it amusing because i'm just in there and just do my thing and i go back to just like you know uh just the 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 heart you there's one thing i think that you cannot escape uh and we all know with when it comes to art and is that you can easily tell if the artist is lying about their work you can easily spot it Mm -hmm. you can tell completely and that is that's i mean you can also i I think that plays along with like uh, music as well and yeah for sure and and you can you can just see it and it's just it's there and you can do two things about that as the viewer and that's take it as it is or and and you can also do that as the uh creative and and uh designer as well and just um say you know uh i know what i'm getting into and if i'm the guy that's just going to create boobs all throughout my entire life like (laughs) career i'm going to enjoy it and and i know this is from the start like what i'm doing so if you're about that then that's totally yeah just embrace it yeah definitely so you know uh but there is no lie like you can you can clearly see through so that's one thing i always have to remind myself and say you know like hold on like if i you know do certain things you know you can easily tell like oh man that's you just had to take that quick paycheck, didn't you? Like, you know, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. So again, for, it's a little difficult on our end, um, especially with, uh, you know, the, um, I wouldn't say difficult, but I mean, your work is like, it's, it's beautiful. Like, it's great when we see something like that's very like unique and you see these like, you know, character designs and just this, world that you're building um when you see that i think 
I think it it fills this. Uh, it's something I'm I'm striving for. It's just building a uh, and and you might have seen it in the very beginning when I was uh, creating a couple of the uh, first early shows, and that was like building this world mm-hmm. where this environment where you can just you know whether it's the characters and I I always wanted to do just not the I figurative can see it. Bit. I could see. Yeah, it. I, could, like I know. That. I know your. I know your world. <laughs> I can see it in in your work, definitely. So yeah, well, that's a thing though. Like you know, it's it's odd um, that you say that to me because I just, in, in some ways, I also take a look at back and when you're saying like, well, I know your world. Are are you speaking about the past or or as a whole? Because at the moment, I I definitely can't even tell. Like you know, on some most of the times, I'm just like I just do what I. Right. I love doing. And at the moment I'm like, I can't, I can't quite put a finger on exactly what is iconic. Right. So because I've had people just left and right, like I can always tell from the eyes and, you know, in your figurative work or anything like that. And it's like, well, yeah, but there are moments where I, I literally just don't even do that at all. And I, that you might not even see that at all, like for a good couple of years. So is it really the iconic pool, you know, right? Yeah, um, yeah. and, and that feedback, I suppose, um, which I've, I've rarely had, believe it or not. Um, when, when, when someone just comes up to you and say, you know, like a thing, like I can always tell what your work looks like. And it's like, it's just so out there. I, I, I just, I just think so. You know, I've never, I've never seen a painting of yours that I didn't just immediately go, Oh, that's a Dan Quintana. Even if they were like an, an entirely different subject matter, so well, I, don't, I mean, if I if I saw one and didn't know, then I wouldn't know that that was one of yours. I guess that's but. cool. That's a huge compliment for sure. I mean, <laughs> no, every, I everybody, love the fact every, that, like you can tell an artist completely from just uh, the artist creating, for instance, a uh, an apple. So right, if you right. if you saw a you know dolly apple, you'd know it's a right. Yeah, yeah. It's a dolly. No, every everybody I know that's aware of your work feels that way. I mean, that's kind of like, uh, under, just kind of understood with your work. It's like you, your work looks like nobody else's work. So, I mean, I see it in a, a lot in your color palette and the types of women you're painting. It's just like, it's, it's definitely your world. I could, I could see it. I can, I mean, I have, a, I have a feeling of a sense of it. If you know, that's not, cool. Not that that that's cool. Matters, see, that's a, but, that's a great thing as well. Thank you, by the way. Um, but that's also a great thing that, uh, you know, it's not necessarily a subject matter. It can totally just be a palette. And, right. you know, you think back to, or you know, mood. some of the artists, like, uh, you know, you will like a Rothko or something. Yeah. And it's just like a maroon, you know, just All sitting right. there and you're like, yeah, that's definitely just the palette. Get the work. I understand that one specific color. Um, not too fond of his paintings. You ever just stand in front of one? I think he was trolling us all when he said something about like the way, best way to like, uh, feel one of my paintings is uh to, to understand one of my paintings would be to stand like about three inches from the painting and it's like a <laughs> massive painting i think it's only and he's like and there was no like chuckle or like satire behind it so i just think it was like totally like because i actually was i don't know where i was at i was in london i believe at the tape mm-hmm. and, and i was at the room alone like and i recalled that line and i went you know what i'm gonna go do that <laughs> And then you got arrested because for standing too close to that along lines. So I walked up to it and I just stood there and I'm like, mother, this, this guy just trolled us. Like we're just sitting that, there. You like, know, that's, that's one, that's one of my biggest problems with the kind of, um, that high end, the blue chip world yeah. artwork is that, um, <clears throat> I feel like the, and maybe it's because of who they're selling to, 
but yes. it, it feels like they have a an utter disdain for their audience so they like okay. fuck with people yes in that way and it's like i don't think that you know personally i just don't feel like art should be fucking with people if people appreciate what you're doing it should be you should be giving them something not fucking i agree with them. on both ends yeah. i uh i love both uh, yeah. <laughs> um i do and the reason why is uh purely because of uh just a comedic um uh uh you know, response off of that. Yeah, um, so I, I, I can see. Way. I can see. I can see what you're saying. I, I can yeah. That. So that's the only other end I like. You know about that. I think. The, see, but the blue chip. Uh, you know, like anything. Uh, just avant garde or anything would be like a thing. A world where we. I think we have this correlation also with just uh, uh, just sales and and the business aspect of it as well. So that's kind of a turnoff in a lot of our. Um, Mm-hmm. I think like uh, when it comes to just artists in general and it's like, oh, you know, when you have a just beautiful, like successful career and your work is just very bland and just short of anything just inspiring, it's like all of a sudden we're slightly put off by anything, you know, but 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 a guy like I'm not sure if it was just Roscoe or but, uh, but a lot, you know, like. I'd say like abstract expressionist movement of like NY with like, you know, uh, I wouldn't say so much like Lichtenstein, but like, who's the other guy? There was another guy with like Warhol that was doing the, uh, who's the guy that did the uh, Kennedy piece? Mm. It was like repetitive Warhol kind of took from. I don't know. Okay. Well that entire, like, ah, it'll come up later. Um, that movement along, like it was very just sort of like, you know, experimental and just, free flowing and stuff that I, I believe like was a very great thing at the very beginning. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, dealers come in and just kind of, you know, flip it on them as far as pricing goes. And, and you end up with one thing to another and, and then, you know, it's like, it, it is what it is. And, but I do agree. There's there's this one thing where I was slightly being involved in that, and just there, there are pieces out there that I don't, I, I haven't even really shown that are just like large pieces that are oh, like, really? that are about like, you know, eight by eight, 10 by 10 foot pieces that are, wow. they were just sold like in a week. And I created them like in two weeks, you know, and crazy they're out there. And it's like this other thing where it was like, it wasn't like, I was truly passionate about it, but it's just this deadline that is just like, we got to get this going and get moving. So, right. Um, I get it. Uh, but, it, and, it, and it could have been, a you know, this pocket that I definitely could have fallen into. Uh, but it might've been around the time, like I had this uh, show in Japan and I kind of traveled around like the country and stuff. And I hate going to anything like a uh, tourist, um, when it comes to any other part of the world or even my own town, like I've been born and raised in LA and I've never been to the Hollywood sign, you know? Right. Like, or Every time I hit New York, I've never been to the Statue of Liberty or right. such a trip. Like, now that I think about it. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, so I go out to Japan and I go out to this, like, I, I take like a seven hour train ride out to out of Tokyo and go over to uh, this Yanago area, Sakaimanato, like seaport. And I, I, I wanted to go because it's like this very like ghoul town, yokai area, um, Japanese like demons and stuff and mm-hmm. ghosts. And, there's like rarely there's no one there this is like some years back and there's like 
people dressed in this, you know, this guy, uh, Shiguro Mizumi, I believe his name is, or whatever, he created this, like, a character, um, this uh, boy with, like, a one eye and, like, all these ghouls that are, like, he kind of introduced the world, I believe, like, made ghosts, like, likable and friendly hmm. versus, like, kind of like a Casper of J- Japan, you know right. what I mean? So there's these full blown like costumes of like these like ghouls that are just dressed around the town and there's rarely any tourists at all. Like anyone just around there. So they're just, they have this passion for it. Just kind of cosplaying around town. Wow. And at the same time, like I I went right about like two months before the actual artist died Mm -hmm. and he has a museum there. And so I walk into the museum and there's, you know, middle of the day, there's like maybe like two other people there. And it's like the most inspiring thing I've seen. So there's just this world. He's got books and like, there's wow. these like characters dressed like his characters around the town. There's, you know, the local bakery has all the pastries around his characters. Wow. And cool. There's like, you know, soft drinks everywhere and just like balloons and prizes and just things everywhere that you can think of like sushi bento boxes made of his characters everywhere. Mm-hmm. Entire trains, man, like with, wrapped with art around his whole like inside and out of just like you know ghouls and stuff like so cool and you're like okay this is definitely the meaning of it all is to inspire Mm -hmm. those after you're gone in that way where you totally like this is what is so you know when i see that you know i came back and i'm like hold on i gotta i gotta pump like you know this is cool and all while i'm alive but Ultimately, like, you know, I think we can, you know, definitely find immortality within this. And so it's the same with the Egyptians finding that immortality within it, where they're just like, you know, how do we become immortal? Mm -hmm. And it's like through our art, through our work. Through what you leave behind. Yeah. And so that's, that's, that's what I believe in for sure. And, you know, and the entire thing of uh, there's like, you know, you can definitely, I, I believe you can die twice by second time around by just people just re- not recalling your work, you know, your, your name dying off right? and it's like after you're gone. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. So as long as, you know, that lives on and, and that's, and that's, you know, it's a little, a little more uh, difficult nowadays uh, just due to, due to the fact that it's just like everyone, oh man, just, it's like this like fast paced, like, you know, it's just cool. We can keep up. It's not that we don't want it. We just maybe don't want to keep up. You know, there's this yeah. like, dem- it's like, come on, man. Like you want me to create right now? I'm creating works like literally with five, three, four day deadlines. Wow. Like, every week for, like, for doing for what? Everything like comic books, movie posters, like music, you know, albums, like stuff that I just, I can't even really, like post up like it's yeah. just because it's in and out or some stuff is like nda or like you know there's just like between it all um, there's like massive amounts of like contracts with like you know whether it's like you know the the marvel disney thing or like dc and just mm-hmm. like did you get an agent or something how did you get into this whole illustration world no um it's been uh it's been quite like uh funny on my end when it comes to all of this is that people you you're not the uh, first, like, you know, just like established artist to ask that because there's just like, dude, like, what's up with this new stuff that I just see you working on? Like, where, where did this come from? Um, 
it's all just basically uh one leading into another just spilling you know right. um it just so happens that i'm there and and that's that's exactly how it's been working out since since the whole west coast customs thing wow so that's cool you're just kind of following this wherever this goes i'm totally going just the way that river flows man for sure and you know what believe it or not even before the west coast thing see i even believe i even believe in this is that like the way i somehow it somehow led into the west coast customs thing is that i immediately like the day after high school i was like okay i already know i'm gonna do art but because i've already had like a solo show at the time like at a coffee house maybe mm -hmm. like when i was like a senior and like selling art for like 50 dollars or something like oil paintings like at a coffee house i was like probably my first show mm -hmm. and so i'm like okay i'm gonna do art but i'd like to definitely get into the like large industry world end of it so mm -hmm. one way i can do that maybe is and i look in the la weekly and i see you know there's like these weird gigs in the back yeah the la weekly at the time and i'm like maybe i can do uh said something about like earn a certain amount like for uh just doing courier services within the uh film and music industry mm -hmm. and so i was like well, I got a vehicle. I just got one. I can definitely go do that. And you know what I'll do is I'll get in there, get into all the studios and just get cool with everyone and show them my work mm -hmm. smart. slowly and just get in there Yeah, in that way, like be the little errand boy and then just like slowly, you know, crawl up there. So I ended up getting the job. And uh, so for about three years, I do nothing but film and uh, film and uh, music. It was like, Arista, BMI, like Paramount, just mm -hmm. going in and out of lots, like everyone that you can think of, Universal Warners, and then get like one weekend, whatever it would be, like the, I believe it would be like the, it was the, what was it? it was like a music global, like the Global Awards or something, like mm -hmm. maybe the AMI Awards. I don't know. It was a music, like, you know, Academy Award type deal. Um, And I'd get like the invitations to these, like, I'd get like a hundred black envelopes with like just these famous names <laughs> and they would just sit like on this passenger side of my vehicle and i'm just like reading them like okay i got to deliver all these throughout the entire day and i'm just reading these like famous names but some of them that i just really don't care about because i'm a kid and you know i recall because they would be like guys like uh i deliver all the time to like uh casey Kasem <laughs> and like barry manilow and shit like just uh -huh. like just cr like you know people that just had these hits throughout all their years, but like me, you know, I'm like, I'm just, I'm just really concerned about the nineties, the uh, you know, right. people at the time. So, you know, get, there's like Shakira or something and all these people. And sometimes it's cool. Cause you know, you deliver all these, uh, uh, award invitations and you would go to these concierge, like in the uh, hotel rooms. And, and, and sometimes they just say, you know, Oh no, no, you can d deliver that, deliver this personally. So I'd go up to their room and, you know, open that up. And, and this was a communication that I was, you know, getting schooled in very early on that would have led to the work that was about to hit when it came to, I was already naturally into it when I was already doing the West Coast custom stuff where you would get celebs doing their, their, you know, pimping out their rides or whatever. And I would just see that. And I'm like, not shocked by anything because of the delivering of like courier services right. throughout three years. Yeah. Yeah. You and just so realize they're just people. Exactly. And I mean, you know, you're doing all this like film stuff as well and 
probably added adding the makeup completely and prosthetics onto you know some of your icons maybe you know liam neeson i did the dark man makeup was on liam neeson he was like you know pretty big time now yeah that's 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 a great thing as well you know but but to me i'm like you know it's like to you it's like liam neeson but to me i'm over here like no you you worked on the blob and stuff like that so (laughs) right you did i'm not i'm not wrong about it right no that was my first big show yeah see like to me that's a whole different i'm like okay that's wait that's like iconic to me so (laughs) you know and it's like i think there were two right there's like 50s and the 80s yeah right yeah, but you did the eighties, and so yeah, like I'm yeah. like, so to me, that's like a much more iconic thing to me because it's like you know, the when once you get that color in, you got that that well, nice. The, ori- like, the original was in color. The actual the fifties one was in color. It's actually oh, pretty, really yeah, it's pretty great. That's the one. That one. Recall, I don't know why I recall that around the time of like of I, of like you know, aunt uh, the uh, them and stuff like right, that. Yeah, so, yeah. I think it was sixties. Maybe it might have been. It uh, definitely had to be sixties. You know what? If you said okay, the early blob had to be in color, then that definitely had to be around the time of like War of the Worlds, because that was in color. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, well, even you know, th- some of the lower budget movies were black and white even during uh, the color era. No, it's 1958. Wow, I just looked it up. Oh, it's good. It's good. You should watch it. It's really cool because that oh, to good. me that one's really. Okay, more, I've never more seen iconic to me blob. because that's the one I've seen that I watched when I was a little kid. I mean, it's uh, it's got Steve yeah. McQueen in it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's cool. See, well, you know, again, I think this this kind of thing like uh, carries on. So yeah. you know, you're influenced by something you see as a kid. I become influenced from something I see as a kid that you were influenced off of kid, and we just keep becoming like you know these things. Who knows what? Maybe somebody might have seen you know. Uh, with some of the Blade Runner stuff I've oh, done. I'm sure, I'm sure some kid you're inspiring some kid with that with your movie posters and your artwork, you know, and the artwork or something. It's just it, it's kind of cool, you know. I'm not really, you know, I don't really. I just go as uh, go along like throughout because it's like so fast paced right now, and it's mm. like I, I can't really take it all in as far as like any feedback goes when it comes to like maybe on social media if you just throw something out, you know, whatever. Yeah. But it's even then, it's so like beyond saturated out there and there's so many great artists i know it's crazy right crazy it's like (laughs) it's insane you know what it is is that i think we were like in this like sort of pocket when we were you know exhibiting all over around like you know early 2000s something or when the entire like southern california sort of uh pops realism lowbrow thing was hitting and Mm -hmm. and you just you're there and you're sitting there and we're looking at each other and we're like, oh, yeah, I'm aware of this guy's work from the East Coast or from, you know, Europe somewhere. And I think there's like literally hundreds of thousands of other just kids and people just like everywhere that are just there's no representation. Right. And then as soon as you just open that door up, it's like, boom, <laughs> we have like hundreds of thousands of just amazing artists everywhere hitting all at once yeah and, yeah. and i kind of like it because it's just, i don't know it feels like this like there's like this, it's like a new school like sort of renaissance it going is kind of it really is uh, a renaissance it's the, i think there's this bridging going on that we um i mean that i always love that you know right when i was growing up where it's like this uh i hit right when the internet was like really taken off and i'm right. over here like on aol and shit and it's like yeah you know cds are coming in and you're just like you know starting to really get into digital and and that kind of thing so 
I think in a way, you know, the everyone being their own star at the moment is like definitely leading on to something, whichever, you know, the next 10 years is going to become, I, I wouldn't even know, or there's just a gallery show is going to happen. Like just live. I've always thought of that. Just doing some live streaming gallery shows where it's just like completely virtual. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's just, it's, you can't even tell what's going to happen anymore. Um, I, I remember, let's see in high school, I graduated in 85. So I remember the, just growing up in the seventies and the early eighties and just, there was nothing, there was no art scene at all. Like, especially if you were doing weird stuff in LA. Yeah. I mean, not that I knew of, there was nothing. I mean, there was like art was Dolly and, um, you know, you know, what's crazy is that you said, uh, you graduated from 85 and you're like, there's no art scene going around. I think Warhol had his tomato soup like series that did not sell here in Hollywood around that time when you were just graduating high school and brought them out here to the West coast. They represented them for the first time. It was like a series of his like soup pieces, like mm-hmm. iconic pieces. And they were like very doable as far as like sale wise goes. Right. Um, and they were being shown out here, like in Hollywood around that time, and you know it's that it's crazy because again you're just like there's no art scene really going on but there's like these things that are trying to be in the making at the time yeah yeah and it's like damn and it's like they just kind of flew right by well i'm um, sure yeah i'm sure and i'm sure you know for the <clears throat> the blue chip regular art world there's been stuff going on you know forever but um you know, in the there was just no. What I'm there, saying is that there really wasn't, though. Right. Because they, they were being brought out here, and it was like right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It, um, but especially for the kind of stuff that we do, this kind of dark art or whatever it is we're doing, uh-huh. there was there's just no no representation, no hope of ever making a living at it. Um, yeah. You know, because that's why I didn't get into fine art. At, at first that's why i got into or part of the reason i got into makeup effects is because i was totally into makeup, uh, makeup effects but i also grew up watching my stepdad just you know grind it out and live as a fine artist and that's how he supported us and so it was like illustration jobs there was some money then there was no money and he'd have a show and wow stuff. You're, and it was doing, creating fine art and supporting you though back then yeah like that. yeah and yeah he was doing it yeah, he, yeah, he was doing it, but yeah. the thing is, but that was like a security guard, man. He was doing <laughs> it, but, just, but it was like you know, I want, I wa- but he was introducing me to the art world right. in a lot of different ways through film, so which really made a huge impact, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it was just like I saw what it's like to actually be an artist when I was a kid, and it was you know there, there was, you know, sometimes we had enough money, and then most of the time we didn't, and it was just like a a grind, you know how it is, yeah, how it actually is. So. I was just being kind of a practical kid. I was like, okay, I'm going to, I still love that grind. I'm going to do well. Uh, uh, see how much you love it when you're 51. <laughs> oh man. Don't say that. Shit. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I love hard work. I love hard work. You, you know that about me. I mean, I work all the time cause I you love do. it. I'm you into do. it, man. I'm into you it. Do it. And it's I just I just I busted my ass. I, I get something you. last yeah, night you, at like you one. Need it. Yes, you must. You're you're on reap the rewards level. You need to be like yes. They, they yeah. There's a, there's a point where it's gotta like it's gotta it's gotta be like okay yeah. not 
as hard as it is just a little yeah. less that's all i'm yeah. asking you know because yes, yes. like I, I finished something last night for a friend the project i'm doing for him and it's like i i've worked all you know from the morning until 1 30 and finished it and it's such a great feeling you know to do that but it's not a great feeling when you're doing that every single fucking day of the week for months you. you know what i mean it's just yeah i just can't do it anymore like physically i don't have the energy like i, I used to all um, of these things these words that you're saying um these experiences that you're saying, um, I take like they, they get, they are embedded in me for sure. Um, <laughs> it's what's been being, uh, embedded in me since I be began with, um, just like peers of mine that have been like, you know, much more advanced on my end and have like this just extensive career. And I'm always like just taking in mm-hmm. and I definitely do not pass any of that up. When you say something like, you know, try it at 51 <laughs> me, i i get you you know yeah, what i mean yeah, yeah. and it's like whatever i do by the time i reach this like i'm there doing it for you in some way I'm <laughs> like this is for shet man because he like i get it like you know what i mean so yeah yeah i, I mean yeah it's, it's like a, to me it's like a puzzle i'm trying to figure out it's it this whole art career has been like a big puzzle and it's like you try different things and it's all about, you know, the art making isn't a puzzle to me. The art making part is like what I naturally do, what I love. And it just comes naturally and pretty easily, yes. you know, other than the, the training and the grind and stuff. But um, the art part is like, I'm good there. I, I got that covered. It's the, it's the career part. And it's uh-huh. like trying to figure this puzzle out. It's like, okay, especially as you get older, you're like, okay, you know, I can't be doing this when I'm. You know, I can't be working this hard when I'm 70 for sure. If I'm even alive, then it's like, yeah. I can't, there's no way I can do it. So it's like, okay, how am I going to earn enough money and still keep doing the artwork I want to do? And, you know, I, I'm so spoiled now. I can't go back to effects because I, I you know, maybe a, a little two week gig I could do for fun, but I'm not, I can't go back to, you know, driving in traffic to, to the job every day. I just can't, yeah. I can't do it anymore. It's like, it's been too long. So, yeah. so it's like, okay, I, I, I've been navigating this whole web sale thing and selling um, small items and having sales and really operating like a, like a retail business, you know, well, the way you, when you say I can't be going to this place, grinding it out for effects, my, in my head, it clicked immediately. Well, it's like, why drive to the place per se? Uh, when you can just make your own place and have people drive out to you. Yeah. Well, that, but that, that's goes back into, it's mainly, I don't want to become a service. I don't want to be, cause it, it's like a commercial art service. And it's like, I don't want to do that anymore. I did that for 25 years or whatever, where it's basically you're being told, okay, you're get, getting a bunch of input and it's like, okay, you've had, you've had studios like sheds our studios along the line. Like you've had uh, your own like schooling and stuff like that. I, like I've, you- I've had, I mean, I've done shows on my own. I did the tool videos and makeup effects for a bunch of tool videos where I, where I headed the crew up and I picked yeah. the crew. And so I know what it's like to run that kind of business and yeah, it's hard. It's, it's hard. And it's just, yeah. it's definitely, you know, did I, you do anything on liquid television? Uh, no, I don't think so. Any I, of that stop motion in that? No, 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 no. I didn't even do the stop motion on the tool videos. I did. I made the puppets. Okay. Liz was telling me, uh, McGrath about something about like, she, um, knew, knew the guy that was doing the, um, 
yeah. stop motion yeah, yeah, on, on yeah. those videos. Right. I think that was maybe Fred Stir, his name was, something like yeah, that. Yeah, which is, which is crazy because, you know, I'm here sitting, uh, like, Indian style, like, just on the floor carpet looking at, like, this, you know, television on, like, liquid television and seeing, like, tool animation, you know, videos mm-hmm. like that and being influenced immediately, you know, like, oh, yeah, that's, that's just, amazing. just being like, wow, like, okay what is it that I want to do when I, and you know, not just along, uh, not just that guy, but the, um, I forget the guy's name that did the, uh, he did a lot of star Wars stuff as well. Stop motion. He did oh. the rap for Jurassic park. Doug Beswick maybe, or no, Doug- he, he's not from, he's, he's, he's from up North and he did a lot of the, um, Oh, I know who you're talking about. I can't think. Yeah. He ended up doing like the actual, like little, like, uh, the eight, ATT. The yeah. yeah. Walker I, I can see, I can see his face. I, yeah, I can't, I can't yeah, that guy. That. He ended up. You know what's funny is that you were just like, oh, you know, I had like a uh, pot brownies or cookies or whatever, and then just saw the uh, film. <laughs> that guy, he, he, I guess he had ended up like uh, doing some uh, acid at the time and just like walked into a Star Wars set. Like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, and he was just like, oh, like uh, I should definitely have not. It was like this huge like blue screen or green screen. He said, <laughs> and it was just like I was just freaking out because he ended up like doing the cantina scene. <laughs> Right, and he right. was freaking out. It was just like, "What are we doing?" Like, <laughs> so. But he ended up doing a film. Uh, see, this is the thing that I'm talking about. Is that I watch a like there was like a special that my dad had recorded. He showed me a lot of you know stuff throughout the '80s that was just so obscured, like uh, Terror Vision mm-hmm. or like these films, you know, um, like Frankenhooker and, and stuff mm-hmm. like. You should not be showing this like nine year old kid. <laughs> Yeah, I, I did the same thing <laughs> with my kids. <laughs> yeah, I showed my kids cool Dawn film. of the Dead when he was five. It was oh man, that's, well, well, there's some influence in there. You know, yeah. it depends. It really can go, you know, a couple of ways, but it's yeah, all right. art. So, yeah. so yeah, my pops was showing me something with like it was like uh, uh, what's it, Christopher Reeves doing a special on like dinosaurs, mm-hmm. and it was like I think it was literally called Dinosaurs with an exclamation point, and he was hosting it like an hour show, and they were showing some like really just like uh stop motion like it was the first time we've actually showed this is where like the raptors from jurassic park get their actual sound and like movement Mm -hmm. and it was the first time this clay animator like decided to lift the tail of the dinos because they were always dragging before them you know like and so it was really dark though there was like these like dinosaurs like eating each other and like just blood and gore and like it was all clay animated and i'm like man this is like it was like really like like literally dark by like the forest being like in just shadows and stuff Mm -hmm. and i'm like this is really cool and so a thing that's iconic and stands out you know what i mean and you know you you grow up to these things and and i think like um i decided like how can i project that because I, I originally wanted to get into film. There was some time in, in, like, I'd say about, like, when I was 29, I was going to quit, like, oil painting. Oh, just wow. get into, I, I definitely wanted to get into, like, cinematography or be, like, yeah. DP or something. Yeah. And because I had, like, what I'm basically doing when it comes to oil paintings is just staging. Yeah, absolutely. Scene of, like, what you would see in a still. Yeah. In, 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 you know, what fully completely like color corrected and everything like right. on what you would see in film. This is what I would film, you know, right. if I, if I had like access to, you know, some sort of red camera and just like go beyond and mm-hmm. light everything up. So I was just like, why not just do that? Why yeah, that's not a good idea. Going? 
That's something so, I never considered. Actually, it's funny. That's a great oh, idea, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I think like you know some of your uh, imagery as well. Like when I see there was like specifically one that I saw. It was like for the apocalypse show that we did, the Nostradamus one. You had like it was kind of like the uh, character that it always reminded me of like the um, fire in the sky alien, kind of like this long neck. Yeah, like, he's like looking up, praying. The guy with the yeah. halo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so like that scene to me was like, oh, this can totally be like, this is like very, you know, film quality, quality, uh, scene, you know, here going right. on, like I can see his vision here. So, and in my head, I'm like, you know, and of course we did probably like, you know, you sort of work in film and stuff like we, we, there are, there's a lot of great art pieces out there, like throughout history that are just like pairing up with scenes from films mm-hmm. and, and directors are like completely looking at that and saying, how can I translate that into into you know film just a moving painting um and i love the fact that uh you know the uh francis uh the director uh for dracula ended up doing that with a certain like um lens to get the lighting and candles right like, for dracula like really low lit the way a you know very nicely like baroque like mm-hmm. master's painting style with like and he's like, we can only get that look if we just like really get this, you know, certain lens and dim it down. It use something you can't get naturally instead of like any CG effect would try to get, you know, right. Um, which is beautifully done again. You know, when you see that, like in a 70 millimeter, you know, uh, film, um, did I say milliliter millimeter? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, in that sense, like, uh, something I was about to drop completely. I was wow. like, okay, this is what I'm about to do. Like, I can't like the oil paintings are great and all, but I see myself completely. Like I basically, I was like, you know, I'm going to learn the entire like technical aspect of it and just jump in and like really hit hard and just be like, you know, I can, I can have one, one step above from a lot of these guys that are technically great. Mm-hmm. All I got to do is just learn that, that side of things. And I, you know, have the, uh, imaginative end of it things and and we can put those two together and actually have something really great here you know right yeah yeah i i I mean i always wanted to make movies i just never thought of cinematography um but that's that's i I think those guys are the real the real you know yeah bone winner guys right there because they're like directors just like you know yelling some stuff at the uh actors there to get together and do this and that it's not so much of a you know, you're not in a Kubrick era where everything's like very hands-on nowadays. You know, right. it's like yeah, you just got to pick the right person to do the job that you know is going to do the job you want. Exactly. Phil Tippett. So. Phil Tippett's the guy you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. There we go. He just, you know, he actually a few years back he did a Kickstarter, and I haven't seen the movie, but he financed his own weird oh, stop yeah, motion. Yeah, yeah. Movie. It was like very like mech, like very low lit, like cool um, bio mech, yeah. like. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's a little grotesque. Like I love mm-hmm. it. It's very like a brother's quay, yeah, like yeah. stylized. Um, I haven't seen it at the movies though. I He's haven't done seen a couple. that either, but it, it, it got, uh, apparently was funded. Correct. And yeah. Just yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. That's, those are the guys that really just like, you know, all of, all of them just really, you know, film, I think was more of an influence when it came to, um, a, a mood when it when it came to art like as far as like oil paintings and stuff like that it was anything that influenced me on that end would probably me be more of a like scene or mood um that you would see in the background of like a bosch piece or mm, okay yeah i was gonna like ask that. you who your uh art, art heroes were 
coming up, you know, who, wh- which artists influenced you the most? Well, well I always thought that Painters. was, I thought that was the thing of like, um, of both, uh, looking back and also a, um, a time of a, uh, the period you're in. So for instance, like, you know, if you're in your teens, um, Chet, whichever years those were, uh, you're seeing what's coming out there in magazines and right. books. Yeah. For Zeta Giger for me. Exactly. You know, so, so I'm thinking mid late seventies mm-hmm. cause you're, you're naming these. Yeah. So That's they're hard. hitting hard with it. And, um, and at the same time, you're going to look back to all the, uh, historical like work, you know, when you see stuff like, uh, you know, um, any of the surrealists or anything like that. Yeah. And, so you have a combination of both now. So you have the surrealist and then you have your, uh, Frazettas and, um, uh, Giger's and stuff like that. So your lighting effects, when I see your work and I can definitely see some of those like lighting effects when it comes to like in combinations of both of those names that you just said. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. You, you see that like hard contrast and that like at the same time muted, yep. you know, area, um, and those, those were definitely like a, um, you know, iconics for me as well. Um, I recently did a Vampirella cover and I was immediately, I was like, okay, so since I'm doing Vampirella, let me, you know, vampire girl, let me take a look back at Frazetta's like mm-hmm. Vampirella took, you know, took a look at that, looked at a couple of the old, uh, older, uh, seventies, uh, uh, Italian oil painters that did Vampirella yeah. that kind of had that like eerie, yeah. like not, not the, uh, where they were the actual comic book. Yeah, like, the comic those uh, were huge for me. Eerie and yeah, creepy. very like pulp, mm-hmm. like greens and reds. Like I'm so into those look. pulp guys right now. I just got a, a new book. Uh, I forget the guy's name, but uh Rafael something. Okay. So it's uh Spanish guy or something. He's from Puerto Rico. So good. Pulp guy. Yeah. All those covers of those old books are so yeah. Good. Yeah. So so I I, I kind of wanted okay, so I'm like I'm definitely going to take a little bit of that for this Vampirella cover. And then also take what I grew up on, which is like eighties vampire stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm like listening and like looking back to like, just like lost boys and like, and then also looking into like, you know, uh, a lot of Japanese stuff that was like, you know, I grew up to like a lot of the, uh, uh, Castlevania stuff mm-hmm. and like just those watercolors that were just beautifully done. And the design work for, um, I forget the uh, Japanese woman's name that designed the costumes for Dracula and set designer. Um, not set designer, but a costume designer. Mm, I don't know. Um, and just taking influence from all of these people and just combining them together. So now you have like a late eighties, early nineties mixed with seventies. Yeah. Pulp and with a two thousands, like current, very current, like color scheme palette thrown into it. And you have something that's just like meshed well. So it's, you definitely have to have that, like, you know, sort of a history and influence to know exactly where to pick. And, and I love picking polar opposites from each other as well. Like, that's always a great thing, too, because then you can really or have something original. Like, when you just completely pick something polar opposite, especially if you go into like stuff that isn't really so much painterly, if you go into like architecture or like mm. design and you just take stuff from there yeah. and just like throw it into like just classical. That that kind of stuff is like my thing for sure. Yeah, I mean that's what art making really is 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 um, taking co- combining things in a new way. 
combining things that you know that you know of in a in a new way to create something new you know yeah yeah and then but then and then i and then once in a while you get these like really nice just sort of a like outsider art like in a way we're like you know in a way like francis bacon is like completely outsider and mm-hmm. so when you have something like that where he's just like hitting just raw paint behind like canvases and stuff and yeah. you see that and you're just like you know was he was he doing it for anyone else besides himself in the very beginning like no yeah. he's definitely doing it for himself because he's just like completely like good thing they gave him like paint and, and a canvas because you know i could definitely see that guy just jack the rippering up you know <laughs> UK if he wasn't like painting man. yeah no kidding he painted on I, I read that he painted on raw canvas, not even primed or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had an assistant that it's would insane. throw away all of those canvases as well. He would think that they weren't great. Right. And he would, when he was well known, when he was selling like work for like seventy K at the time when he was alive, like he was selling stuff for like seventy, eighty K. Mm-hmm. Like while well, he was just like painting out there and he would just have like uh his you know, he'd say like, Oh, like this this work isn't so great and need to have his assistant just toss stuff in the back, like rip it up. And yeah. Yeah. I, I saw that in an interview with his assistant. He's like, yeah, I never took any, but I should have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Imagine. Are you yeah. able to hear this helicopter in the background, by the way? Let me hear. Oh, okay. So it's not so blatant. No, no. I heard the siren. Okay. I heard the siren, but I didn't hear the yeah, helicopter. I'm uh there's apparently a, uh, my setting right now at the moment would be, you know, downtown LA. I, I believe you've been out here with uh, Liz's uh, old studio. Is this is this the studio that Liz had back in? I mean, has she had it for like twenty years or something? I think so. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I went there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I vis- That's how I think I got in touch with her uh, initially for the the haunted dollhouse show. Because I met her through her ex boyfriend, who I was friends with, and then he took me over there. I think. Okay. Yeah, okay. so that's that's you. There, there goes the siren. Yeah, so, I love it. It's, <laughs> it's very. It, there's just. It, it must be a. Uh, what's what's today? Oh, we're just Monday. Bam. Very. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's like sort of apocalyptic. Like I just love these city sounds up here. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. So downtown you, Los Angeles and get that that pulse in you over here. Um, but you know, I, I this isn't a a place. I think I can. I, I definitely need some quiet as well. You know, I'm not yeah. this. You know, deal, but I love creating here. So I'll just yeah. Who who who? Uh, you you mentioned you share the spot with some other artists. Yeah, Yiso Andrews. And we just recently got Alex Pardee, um, Karen Shaw. Just had a Al- show. Alex uh, Alex Pardee's back. I thought he was in Florida or something. Ah, uh, yes, he was out in Florida, and he just yes, he's out in LA, and um, we had a couple of guys that left uh, the studio, and I was like. Who can I, who would be a great like combination to just, cause if you think about it, like, you know, all of the uh, artists that are just like hanging out in here are, are somewhat like uh, opposites in some way. Like we don't really, we're all, we're all definitely like, you know, uh, our, our work would somewhat mesh. You'd see like, you know, it's like, I can definitely see like, you know, uh, an Esau Andrews or in, in, in my piece. And then like a Liz, like all in this within the same show. Yeah. I could see um, that. And stuff like that. But what I'm saying is that everyone's doing these like opposites constantly. That is just, it's beautiful. Like, you know, Esau doing like this massive mural right now, like in the last couple of days. And Alex working on this, like, you know, illustrative stuff and just doing his thing. 
and Liz sculpturally and then myself like doing maybe some sort of comics at the moment and then just having another art show somewhere like my next solo would be in Beijing. Oh, wow. Coming up next year. Um, That's cool. And it's following uh, Soriyama, which also a guy that, you know, I looked up to and and he's sitting hard and that's kind of a cool thing too, that he's got his whole, uh, you know, thing with like Dior now and stuff like that. Really? Yeah. And I can tell like, you know, see, he's the guy that like, he's like, all right, I'm gonna do, you know, you're familiar with his work, right? Oh yeah, for sure. So he's like, I do all these like robot girls in the eighties and then it's like, hates it. And then just goes into like doing these like erotica, like very just, you know, girls, Mac kind of just doing each other all just raw and everything. And it's like, it's cool and all. And it's what he loves clearly. Uh And it's like, I'm never doing these robots anymore, you know? And then all of a sudden, like, it's like, you know, you can just, it's like, dude, we want your robots. And it's like, let's get it going. And matter of fact, like, let's get it going with, you know, some line famous, like, you know, design brand or whatever. And then, soon as that comes around it's like you know you're in your because he's probably like maybe 70 now yeah i imagine and yeah and then he hits hard, and it's like his peak now all of a sudden he's like even bigger than what he ever was i mean he did like some aerosmith covers or whatever but like he must have been hitting hard in the 80s but like now he's like definitely seems like it like way bigger than what he was at the time wow and it's like because because you know you got to sort of embrace the thing that you were just like you know, what's going to be, you know, much more of an iconic thing for you. Um, right. And then he, and, and you can tell that he is going with, like, he loves, he goes with the flow. He's like, you know what? You're, you guys are right. Like, this is a thing that, this is what I love to do. You know what I mean? And this mm-hmm. is, you know what? Might as well just do it. Let's, let's go with it. Let's go all out with it. And, and, and when you have that sort of like, uh, you, you're sort of projecting that imagery, like, and that feeling, I think like, you know, then it's, it's, it's a great thing, you know? Um, It's amazing to see him having the success bigger than ever at at this age. I mean, he was huge in the eighties. Yeah. 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 Another airbrush guy, you know, just everyone amazing. Like you couldn't, you couldn't tell. I could never tell how he was doing what he was doing. It was so clean. So sharp. A lot of those guys were like, I believe like, um, it was, uh, the first, one of the uh, first, airbrush i mean he, he, i definitely believe he was doing a, a pinup of uh, vargas was it vargas yeah right right and that was airbrush correct vargas i don't even know that's it i, I assumed it was it had know? to be yeah, and then olivia like sort of you know taking his like she takes it beyond a step and is like female vargas just killing it out right. there and just does all this playboy stuff and and you sort of had that, like, you know, Soriyama thing, and everyone's like, just, you can't take it any further than that. It's right, very exactly. Crisp, very clean <laughs> and perfect. Can't do airbrush harder than that. It's like, just, yeah. that's it. That's the pinnacle right there. Yeah. And so, and that's definitely like, you, that's, that's when the medium was introduced then, for sure. Everyone's like, did you see this new airbrush? Like, right, device? Yeah. You know, they like, had like, they were doing, I think the airbrush was invented in, like the 40s or 50s or something. I mean, oh, they were. Air- okay. I, I mean, this it, like a 60s thing. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, because wouldn't it be uh, a creation around the same time as acrylics were like placed, right? Yeah, I don't know. Like synthetic, I'm, like you know. I'm gonna look it up here. Yeah, it was it was out there? I'm gonna look it up. 
1879. <laughs> Wait, what? 1879. Wait, airbrush was invented in 1879? By Abner Peeler. Using, no. Using spare well, parts. What were they using as their media as airbrushing then, man? Was it watercolor? I don't know. It yeah. must have been watercolor then, right? It must have been. Yeah. It, it had to been. be. I know that some of the the like the fifties pinup guys were like my dad used to do this. He used an airbrush, but to just quickly put in a color for a background. Yeah. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so that crazy. Is crazy. <laughs> that's that's kinda that's see, that's a new thing to me. That's mind blowing. Yeah, it me. says for the he was developed by Abner Peeler for the paint for the painting of watercolors and other artistic purposes yeah it's crazy that's when i i believe maybe the compressor was like just sort of out and invented then yeah i don't know yeah the compressor was you know but that must have been a like a you know a thing it must have been a byproduct of like where, where for instance they were using the compressor in in something where it was like uh, a thing for you yeah, know, I'm sure it was like pressure pot ceramics and stuff. Yeah, and then they yeah. were just like, you know what we can do with this is like spray the hell out of anything. Right. Uh, like, <laughs> eating steak and donuts. <laughs> oh, it'd be so cool to have an airbrush from the 1800s. That would, uh, you know, now I actually want to take a look at what they look like. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's kind of, you know, it's probably all like etched out completely, like very like, you know, it said it's he used pieces from an old uh, spare parts and an old jeweler. Is this workshop. new to you? Did you just find this out? Yeah, because- I just looked it up. Okay, yeah. yeah see, I thought it was like forty. The forties was a long time. I thought maybe maybe in the forties it was done, but it's like fuck eighteen. That's crazy. Patented in eighteen seventy six. Crazy. I'm just gonna walk around town all day today, just saying this one fact <laughs> to everyone. <laughs> Just saying, like, did you know? Yeah, just, right. <laughs> I'm just somehow create conversations that lead to that, so I can just be like, did you know? By the way, that this airbrush was created then. They just like get out of here. What are you doing? Yeah, what are you talking? Or she's like, wow, that's great. Can you just uh, check out of this uh, line? I see your line. Well, back back to the the studio. You know, it's it's cool. I found that even even if you're you know, it doesn't matter what the artists are working on, but just being in a creative environment in general. Is so good for creating art. I mean, it's so inspiring to see other people just to be around that all the time, even yes, if it's totally something it, different than what you're doing. It's oh, still we're all like, pulling from each other too. Like when we see, like you know, oh, is like you know, whether it's sculptural, Karen's working on something sculptural, or like uh, color schemes, or just a different media, and just like sharing stories within each right. other and passing by. Like I, that is very. Uh, that's a very like. You, it's a key thing that you, I believe that every artist should definitely have is this very like group of just, you know, as isolation thing is great too. I mean, you can just, you know, you don't want to talk to anyone. That's fine. That's totally cool. Right. Um, I mean, that's practically what we all are just, you yeah. know, hermits sitting there, um, <laughs> which I always find like conventions super funny because it's like you take these, you know, introverts like, yeah. and then place them all together at once. Just like, <laughs> there you go. And it's like, Go, go customer service socialize please. yeah right hermit a hermit convention yeah everyone's <laughs> just sitting there like have no idea how to act <laughs> you, can, you know but yeah. i mean of course like uh i think it's key. like you know we're all here and just uh bouncing off of each other's like uh i would say more the um mood the the vibe the the uh projection of like your 
character and just like that moment you're just like you, you get hyped off of each other like mm-hmm. you know what yeah 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 let's do that that's what's important like versus like when you see someone else's work that's great and all too i mean you can see that when you go to a gallery or uh you know someone's booth or you know just stopping into their studio but that i'd say uh you know mood when you just send that out there it, that the vibe that you're just sending out there i think we're all bouncing off each other for that and it's just like you know that's cool, man, that we have that. And, and especially when we're on, on the, the same page as far as, uh, you know, our minds and thinking and stuff. And we all have a lot of uh, things in common as well. And we'll all go out to lunch or something and just kind of mix and match of like, you know, hey, Alex, what you doing here? You know, right. you want to go grab a drink really quick or something and that kind of thing. And just have these like really nice talks about anything really that doesn't yeah. even have to be art related you know because there are moments where you just meet another artist and then you sit there literally just staring at each other and just realize that all you had in relation was art right right you're just like cool cool yeah (laughs) that's cool it's like i found though that within you know i'm I'm up to episode this is going to be a hundred wow 132 maybe so you've had 132 people or some like the the first repeat it the first, I don't know how many were were not always interviews, but but it's been you know a good hundred interviews, I'm sure at least with artists. So, wow. um, but I found that you know, and it, and, it, and it might be the artists I'm picking, but there's so many, there's the, everybody. It really is like a tribe, you know. The the stories are so similar, and um, the even as as different as people are, there's something that ties us all together yeah you know? and it's weird it's like a weird genetic thing or something i don't know it's a trip creatives though. yeah 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 exactly and, and it's like there, there's this doesn't really matter your media it's really right. creative in general. yeah absolutely and it, it's just kind of it, it trips me out it trips me out every time i interview another artist to hear these similarities i mean i'm not i guess i shouldn't be surprised at this point but it is interesting it is interesting because it's definitely a different kind of person i guess a different artist is or a creative is a different type of yeah type of, There's a couple of uh, podcasts out there as well that are like you know just with um maybe some local artists like in uh, in la um but you having over 130 some i think it's like um with people that are actually showing in galleries and and probably maybe other as well as far as media goes right like maybe did you ever interview like a musician or anything like that uh yeah not a musician but yeah i've had you know i've had different people that aren't necessarily artists on you know um, okay yeah it's and, primarily and, artists but still it's it's de- de- everyone who's been on has been some sort of creative person you know yes um it's really great man i i believe this might be actually like my only uh voice recorded uh just talk in general oh, um, wow. just be out there in the net cool forever so that that's <laughs> kind of cool um you know because you know there's a time where you know I, I i love looking back at like just obscure things like that where i'll see like something like a like a recent like frida Kahlo, you know yeah, uh, right. recording um and you're just like that's cool you know yeah. or like just other you know first interviews of someone that is just like out there and you're like wow that's how they sound it um yeah that's what they're thinking. At, and, I love like history and research like that, where I'll look like I've certain like I believe like Hernando's Bosch also never had like a birthday. Like they don't know his birthday. Like 
it oh, is really? actually date of birth. Yes. And like, I've always just sort of like, I'm like, that's kind of like, you know, uh, there's a lot of influence in there. Why, why don't we give him one? Like, I always wanted to just give him one and just like <laughs> paint him or something and just be like, there you go, man. Yeah, Her- Her- still- Hieronymus Bosch day. You know, like a nice little birthday. There you go. Like, you, can just, you should have one. Like, happy birthday, guy. You know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, and so that kind of thing. It's just like this, I don't know, throughout history and stuff like that. So it's cool that, again, you're doing this. Um, and I'm and I'm honored to just do something like this and just jump on. Um, there's, again, like this, who knows, like, it's been over 2005 till now and we're just nonstop yeah, and 15 years and, almost. Yeah. That's not, it's not a lot of time when you think about it. It's just far it's as a lot of time like, to be like grinding though, <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> cause it's been, you know, we've been working the whole time or I have, I'm that is sure true. you have, you know, yes, no, like it's true. It's true. Um, I can't even think about like, I mean, we're like, yeah, definitely like veterans in there by now. I think anyone over 20, the 15 to 20 plus. Yeah, isn't so, that crazy? Like, isn't that crazy? We started out and it was like, we were, so, we were so green and it was such a new thing and it was all exciting. I remember being so excited that there was this art scene to show in and I was becoming accepted and getting to show with artists like you and other great artists. It was so cool. And, yes. I and do it, recall that because I do recall right after our show going to Palm Springs with Jay Naylor and doing mm. a thing with like riding in it. Right. And like doing, he, he showed his like Grinch piece and I was showing with like, um, like a lot of these just like, you know, what they want to say is lowbrow, um, Cal- right. Southern California, just like art or whatever. And, you know, I'm out there. I actually went out for the show. And when I was out there at Palm Springs and talking to Jay and that was like a cool thing. And then that was my second show. So like, as far as like just exhibiting anything, it wasn't a solo or anything. Like it was just a group show, but right. you know, a group show being like that, like the group show thing was a cool thing as a kid. Um, just to be in the, the thing back then was cool to like, just have your name in these same right. printed ad as, one of your icons right and you would just see something like that and you're like wow i've made it you yeah. know <laughs> you're just thinking you know um there's still a lot of these as you get older um to me personally it's like you know especially doing like blade runner stuff or anything like that doing stuff that like did you know me did and you're just like working on like you know the lore of it and you're like wow like this is this history or doing a heavy metal cover which i had done or something you know and it's like you know reason why i chose something like that is is because i've seen my icons do it i'm like yes i'm gonna do something that i looked up to and do you know even Mm if it's like you know whatever i'm just gonna do what like mobius or giger did and stuff so those are my icons i'm doing it so and 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 taking on the um you know iconic characters uh, as far as like batman now and and spider-man i just recently did like spider-man cover too and that kind of stuff it's like yes let's let's take on all of those and then just keep going wherever you know it may take us um because who knows where it's gonna lead i i i don't know i want to get into some real just future weird shit like i want to get into some like this digital age like i just like now like i'm just going with it i'm like yes let's like bring on the uh you know, like the thing that I got going on, like in Beijing, like this, I, I, you know, 
people may start looking at things like, well, what's the market like in Beijing? Like, or who are your people that are going up there? This is in LA, you know, like, and just have this thing up there. Um, And to me, it's like a thing where like I travel out like places out to like Taiwan or Japan and, you know, and see what's going around, like, you know, Hong Kong, as far as art goes and stuff like that. And, and, and really being influenced as well. Cause I, there's amazing technical just art out there as well. Like you see stuff that like, oh, yeah. and I'm talking about like younger kids doing it, you definitely, know, like, definitely. And you're just like this other world of things where you're just like, man, like, okay, how can we like mesh Los Angeles culture with East or somewhere where you just, you're just not really so much in the eye of, and just mesh these like worlds together and just build something new. Mm-hmm. And, and, and one main like uh, example of that would be uh, with film. When I see something like uh, I forget the, like uh, you know, when you see the Italian directors take on a Western right? and you see that out there and you, you know, uh, you, you get that, you build this new style that like, I forget what is uh, the guy that Quentin Tarantino uses as well, but he's iconic with all the, uh, uh, good and bad and ugly uh, soundtracks and stuff. Um, oh, yeah. Inicio, uh, he'll come up with like what he thinks like the West should sound. Right. And it's, like this beautiful other sound that I'm just like, no, that's even better. Yeah, like, what right. you, just did. you know, or even like some weird <laughs> horror stuff that you'd see like, this is what I believe the slasher film would have been like. Cause I've seen it with, with, you know, the, uh, Los Angeles, like, or, 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 you know, anyone out in the States have done. And then they try to take their own slasher film and they'll like, you know, these Italian directors and create this like obscured artwork that you're like, yeah, damn, like, okay, we didn't really, you know, that's not what we were thinking, but you made it just better and iconic and weird. Like, right. you know, so I believe that's where like the, uh, the hands stretch out from here to around the world it's so much accessible like accessibility when it comes to um social media and stuff like that where we all have these large influences on each other now that if you're not really you know just taking a look out there now like that and just meshing together and just embracing it all then it's like you know why get stuck in that same pocket and you know be prideful because there are a lot of like sort of uh you know old schoolers that are kind of still being prideful right now and just being like no like we we created this, like this is the way it's going to stick. And there's like, it's almost like scared and feeble and like pulling back from things, you know? Yeah. And it's like, it's like chill, man. It's like, you know, it's always happened. It's been happening before you like, Oh yeah. So yeah. So I, you know, again, it's, it's a thing like wherever it leads, ultimately I think having fun with it, man, we always got to have like, just, you know, we're all just having fun with it. When you, when you come up here to the studio and you see Esau, Alex and, Liz and, and Karen just like doing what they do. I noticed one thing, we're all having fun with it. Right. Like, we're all just like smiling and doing our thing and just laughing it off and just like creating and just getting wild with it and just like not really, you know, being, you know, having this like negative thought on like the art industry and right. and stuff like that. No, that's like something we push out completely. Um because we all ultimately all have you know, passion in it. Like when yep. you see, you know, Alex's work and stuff like that, he's that's out. That's his thing. Like Esau's like world. Like, yeah, that's his thing. Like Liz being iconic with, you know, her work and, and Karen just doing her thing where she just had it being art, you know, like, um, 
and yeah, I think that's a that's a cool thing, man. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. All right. Well, we're almost at two hours here, so you know, Chet. I appreciate that's, you coming. That's on. an insane amount of time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's how these shows are though they just you know it's just a conversation i wish you can edit a lot of this stuff (laughs) (laughs) no people love it people love it you didn't say anything weird uh well whatever i'm still i'm still recording by the way so this is part of the podcast so oh yeah that's not a problem man i've been (laughs) i rarely get so much that's you know the only problem is is that sleep like you start to learn this thing as you get older and you're just like why am I, why have I been neglecting this thing? Like sleep is the hands down, like thing I look up to. At, oh, yeah, like so it's more awesome. important to me than anything else. Like I'm just yep. sitting there like, Nope, I'm looking forward to sleep. Like, yep. <laughs> so two hours to me right now. I mean, there's so much to do today and I'm just sitting here and I'm like, I do at the same time, uh, catching up with you for two hours because you know, we, we were trying to break down years yeah, into right. Hours, yeah, man. Like, too much. That's so much to go over, and there's so much I still want to learn from you, and like just hear from you as well, you know. So, well, hopefully, somehow, I don't know. Maybe we can do some sort of actual visual interview between me and you um, to hear your background, man. Because uh, you know, I'm you're someone down. Uh, we all like look up to, and we're all definitely like you know iconic man so thank you i appreciate that man well you are as well um yeah thanks for taking the time and coming on that was awesome um i really appreciate it it was fun to talk to you and learn about you and yeah again there's like it's like a little speck into the uh out there you know that we have going on but i'm sure you, you know it's been awesome though man for sure yeah, well, stay, stay, stay cool, man, because it's a, uh, it's still hot as hell over here. In I know, I know. I have to turn my air conditioner off for, for, the, so in, for the interviews, and it's just like, oh, I'm that's sweating because so <laughs> the I noise. opened this massive like ten foot window and got two fans left and right on me. Like, oh, <laughs> I can't do it. That's what I do. As soon as, as soon as the interview ends, I just jump up and turn the AC back on. <laughs> I jump right into a pool and just be like, there's no editing in anything. I just. <laughs> I just upload it and just send it out there and jump in a pool. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh. thanks. Thanks for coming on. Th- thank you everybody for listening to the podcast and supporting. If you want to support, you can uh, support for as low as $1 a month on really pa- Patreon. Yes, you can. Patreon.com. Patreon.com slash dark art society. $1 a month. That's it's $12 a year. What's no, wrong? It's nothing. It's $12 a year. This is like, this is like schooling right here alone. $12 that's right. a year. That's what I keep telling that. people. That's crazy. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. And I you need it's to put that out there. All right. It's all right. A, <laughs> it's all about, you know, small donations from lots of people. Yeah. It's a, it's a bargain. Man, it's a bargain. If you listen anywhere to else, man, $12 a month for this, this is crazy. Yeah, I, I agree. All right. So <laughs> thank you everybody for listening. Um, and, and supporting and sharing and liking the podcast and all of that business. So again, Dan, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you, Chef. And uh, say goodbye to everybody, Dan. Peace. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>